0: Straight from the shoulder, I think like a soldier I know what's right and
1: what's wrong. He He knows what's right and what's wrong.
2: Hello and welcome to episode fifty eight of the Film Podcast. I'm John. I'm Kevin. I'm JR. And today, again, joining us, uh, our guest host, Rustin. Rustin, and we're thrilled to have him back with us. Thanks for joining us again, Rustin. Really enjoying your presence on the podcast. Um, How's everybody doing today? A little cold, but otherwise okay. Yeah, speaking oh, yeah, speaking cold. of cold, yeah, I, I've been sick for like two weeks now. Okay. And uh, so I'll be coughing a lot during this episode just to let you know. I've got like this eternal tickle in my throat, and it will Ooh. not go away. Um, Sounds sexy. Oh, it's brutal, man. It's fucking brutal. And I mm. everybody's like, my, my daughter's got double okay. ear infections again. Ooh. And Nicole was sick earlier. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. This week we're going to be talking about my pick. Which is uh, Michael Caton Jones's Rob Roy, starring Liam Neeson, Tim Roth, John Hurt, and several others, Jessica Lange. And uh, a movie that just got destroyed because it came out the same year as Braveheart, you know? Ooh. And, uh, like a
0: two months before? I know,
2: yeah, something like that. It's, it's the same situation as LA Confidential and Titanic. Like, LA Confidential oh, yeah. came out, it was a shoe in for all the Oscars, and then Titanic came out and destroyed everything. So. Unfortunate, but we're going to be talking about Rob Roy as well as other stuff we watched. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. So thanks for joining us and stay tuned. Uh, you, you guys want to jump into what we watch right away? Sure. Nothing else to talk about. Fuck it.
3: Did you uh, see the um, American Society of Cinematographers top list that I posted?
2: I did see that, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: I was really. Not that it's totally unexpected, but I did not expect Blade Runner to be two. I was
2: going to say the exact same thing. I was like, yeah, how, like, how on earth did Blade Runner make it up to the top of this list?
3: Yeah, and like, I want to say Days of Heaven was like number eight. <coughs> but, Which is uh, a joke. But Apocalypse Now was like number three or four.
2: Right. Yeah, I mean, so. what is Lawrence of Arabia number one? Lawrence of Arabia is number one. I haven't seen this Lawrence of me. Arabia. I hear it looks very nice. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, Lawrence of Arabia, Blade Runner, Apocalypse Now, Citizen Kane, The Godfather, Raging Bull, The Conformist, Days of Heaven, 2001, and The French Connection. Which is, I I have to say, The the French Connection and The Conformist being on here. I I haven't seen The Conformist in a long time, but I remember it not looking great. I must have seen a a shitty print of it. uh,
0: The VHS and early DVD prints of The Conformist were horrible. That's probably what I watched. The Criterion edition looks beautiful.
2: Yeah, so – but The French Connection, I've seen multiple copies of, and it's just a – I mean, it just doesn't – it's a gritty-looking film. Like, if that's what they're saying about it, like, oh, this is a really good – because it's gritty and that conveys the, you know, time and emotion of the – whatever. I understand it being on the list, but if they're saying it's beautiful or something, it's just objectively not. It's ugly.
3: (laughs) Yeah, because, like, that's – yeah, like, especially, like, when you watch the Blu-ray, like, you see – it's like Meatwad talking about watching Michael Clayton. <laughs> we watched it on the Blu ray. I saw every pore on George Clooney's face. Yeah. And yeah. like, there's you a watch lot of French the... connection on Blu ray. You can see every grain in that grainy oh, film. Oh, yeah,
2: it's nasty. And I mean, uh, apparently, uh, Friedkin has been pretty vocal about how terrible the Blu ray is. But I mean, it's like, <laughs> I don't know how many, like, I don't understand how something like that is like even happens. How do they release a movie like that? And it's such a big movie, and they don't have a decent uh, Blu ray of it, but. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. uh, I'm happy with the rest of the list pretty much, except I, I, I'd put Days of Heaven number one. Well, uh, let's jump right into what we watched. All Who right. wants to start off this week? JR? You probably got 900 things
0: to talk about. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I've got uh, I've got four. Oh, wow. Jesus. And I'll... Uh... Is that is that too many? No, no, no. It's, <laughs> I,
2: I've I've also got four, but two of them are ones you've talked about before, so I won't probably be talking too much about them. But um, okay. but yeah, that sounds good. No, I thought you'd have a lot more.
0: No, I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm gonna start with the I guess the one that's freshest in my mind. I watched uh Bad Times at the El Real last night, mm. which is a uh, this kind of like twisty thriller thing that came out in September and was ignored completely. Drew Goddard, yeah? Yeah, Drew Goddard, uh, Cabin in the Woods guy. Mm -hmm. Uh... And it's, uh... It's, it's you know, it's set in 1969. Uh, A priest, a traveling salesman, a lounge singer, and an angry hippie all check into the El Royale, which is a run-down motel on the border between California and Nevada. And just, uh, you know, shit goes down. No one is who they initially appear to be. And, uh, there's definitely something fucking weird about the hotel. It is, uh gets crazy real fast uh it has jeff ridges john Hamm, cynthia ervo or erivo who's in widows she's pretty good in widows uh and dakota johnson and then uh bill pullman's son as like a this weirdo hotel clerk it's uh it kind of reminded me of like good tarantino stuff there's a lot of like uh there's a lot of flashbacks for exposition there's a lot of like uh seeing the same action from this like multiple uh, points of view Mm. and kind of, it's kind of like timey wimey stuff. If I can borrow the doctor who phrase. Um, And it's just, it is really very fun. I had, uh, I had no expectations for this movie at all. And uh, I watched it with a friend and we were just having a blast the whole time. There's just a, I was constantly, you're constantly like trying to figure out how all these threads will connect and it's, uh, I don't know, it's smart. It looks good. The performances are all mostly good. Chris Hemsworth shows up and just kind of steals the movie. Um, four to five. I am just
2: very very surprised to hear this glowing review of this movie. I, because it just it looked <laughs> terrible to me. Like on the, it, I have such low too. expectations for this thing. <laughs> I
0: I thought, I thought the trailers looked terrible and i saw that 142 minute uh running time and i was brutal like, ooh, ooh, no. fuck that <laughs> uh, it really it really earns it earns the runtime it it stays fun the whole the whole way through and uh there's like one flashback in the climax that makes it one flashback too many and that last one kind of strains some uh credibility in this already ridiculous fucking movie but uh it's a uh, it's fun and it's it's definitely i think like a watch with someone kind of fun
4: mm.
0: you know i i kept this out of my top 10 uh even though i really enjoyed it just because i'm if i go back and watch it again by myself is it going to be as fun i don't know we'll see but uh i, I recommend everyone give it give it a shot
2: Sweet. i just might i have a I uh, i found a reddit thread that has a, a copy of it online so i might check it out nice Cool. Uh, Kevin, you want to go next? Sure. So I
3: watched the John Wick films. Um, (coughs) I had already seen the first one, but I figured since I was going to watch the second one, I might as well go back and watch the first one because I remember it going by pretty quick. And I think the first one is decent. Not great. You know, easy three out of five. The second one, though... Like five out of five. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) Or, or to quote Jonathan. Oh yeah. Stone cold masterpiece. Two out of five. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, like I said in my letterbox review, like these action scenes, like they just go on for so long and like, it's pretty much the same as you see in the first one, only just a little bit more. And there's more people involved and, you know, different weapons and whatever. But there's not, like, there's not enough intrigue to keep you going through the plot. Because, like, the first one is, like, you know, he's got a very clear goal. He's trying to get to this one kid and kill him. And, you know, like, all these things are coming up in his way. But this one, it's, you know, it's it's like the Warriors. You know, he's just... Running through the streets. It is like the Warriors. Yeah, it's that's just, a good comparison. Yeah, it's just running through the streets and like everybody is trying to kill him all at once. That's
2: that's the problem. That's the main issue I had with it. Was yeah. this the the building of this mythos of like mm-hmm. there are all these different kinds of gangs? You know, like the homeless people are a gang. And Lawrence yeah. Fishburne is the leader of their gang. It's just so goofy. <laughs> yeah. It was so fucking goofy. Yeah, and like, and the and and amount of Fishburne's this, goofy too. Like, absolutely,
3: get this man
2: a gun. Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And the amount of um, like, just disposable enemies. Like, if you take a minute, just one second to think about the idea of how many people this man is killing. Like, right. who, who would who would who would want to go up against this person? Right, I mean, like the, the whole like time. Like you couldn't pay me enough money to run at him with a gun. Like, <laughs> uh, like you're dying. You're gonna die.
3: <laughs> right, and like and like you you get that from like the very first scene because like you know Peter, how do you say his last name? Stormare, Stormare. I say Stormari. Stormare. Storm, Stormare. Um, <clears throat> Slippery Pete. He's um, you know, he's sitting there like they've got his they've got his car, and like you know like, why don't we just give him the car? Yeah. But you don't understand, you know, he like he killed my brother and he killed my nephew. Just give him the fucking car. It's because he wants his car back. (laughs) Yeah. Like, just give him the car. It's literally that simple. And, you know, like, oh, I can't because blah, blah, blah. Like, he's going to kill you. He's going to kill everybody in this fucking warehouse. Mm -hmm. And he's going to walk away with, yeah, like maybe a broken bone, a couple of scratches. But, like, y'all keep calling him the boogeyman. Which which is another thing like Baba Yaga's a witch, but whatever. (laughs) Um but it's also anyway.
2: also I mean just the fact that like he's superhuman in this one because like yes. he gets a bulletproof suit, yes, <laughs> with which he can block bullets by holding <laughs> the suit fabric over his face. Yeah, <laughs> it's
1: just uh, it's uh, absolutely the, retarded. When I saw it, the the only thing I really remembered and liked in it was uh and the only way I, only thing I, well, only way I can describe it is c- uh, catacombs. Oh yeah, which oh, was yeah, which yeah. was basically it just it's the only modern scene. war, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. F- f- warfare brought to life yeah and then the first movie I thought was pretty solid, and it, it had uh, Jean Claude Goshdarn in it, which I love seeing him as like an extra or a bad guy. That's the uh, discount Jean Claude Van yeah, Damme. Yeah, uh, his name is guy. Daniel Bernhardt. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's a, primarily a stuntman, but I think he's been doing a lot of acting. Right. Too. That was another thing about the first one. That
3: guy who plays mayhem in the insurance commercials. Oh, yeah. He is fucking awful. He's brutal. Dean <laughs> he
2: Winters, just, he's like the worst actor alive. <laughs> like, this is why he's in insurance commercials. Yeah. Like, He's actually good in the insurance. It's weird. You watch the yeah, insurance yeah. commercials; like he's 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 kind of funny. Yeah, and you but, watch him uh, in anything else, he's like the worst actor alive.
3: <laughs> yeah. Like, because he's like, uh, what's what's that like, dude? English, please. It's like, just shut up. Just don't yeah, he, don't. He talk comes again. off
2: as like an amateur actor, like somebody like he really is, like like, 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 a, like a local theater actor. Yeah. Now, Jr., you you really enjoyed John Wick Chapter Two. So, a defense here or?
0: Not really. I thought. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought all the goofy stuff was a lot of fun. I didn't like the first movie much because I thought it was too serious. Mm. Um, but adding adding all the goofy shit to these action scenes, I thought it made it just more entertaining. Well, you're uh, wrong, that's all, but that's, that's okay.
2: Uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna move on from <laughs> that and try to forget you said it. <laughs>
3: yeah, uh, I. Spoiler alert. I don't understand how common can come back for the third one cuz he's cast in it. He got a fucking knife in his heart. Literally. And like, you know, this knife come this you pull this knife out, you bleed out just and you le- die. just and leave just, it there. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, and just get, you know, giving him the death stare as he's getting off the subway well, and like
1: if you're stabbed and if it's a knife, if there's a piece of metal in your heart, your heart stops. Pu- <laughs> it's are they interrupting the blood <laughs> I don't know. It's mis- Yeah.
0: So are you guys potentially more excited for the third one since, uh, you know, he's been shunned from this whole underworld i'll tell so you i'll tell kind you one of getting thing rid of the mythos i'll
2: tell you one thing well one that's ridiculous they're not getting rid of the mythos <laughs> i mean at the end of the second one everybody in new york is an assassin trying to kill him apparently so, so <laughs> they're not getting rid of the mythos but i'll tell you one thing as much as i hate the second one i'm 100 I'm percent on the third one i want to see it more, i want to see him kill more people it is fun to watch him yeah, do yeah, his yeah. tactical you know murder thing right
3: and you know like person after person has you know said like you
2: know, yeah, that's legit jujitsu in that movie. Yeah, you right.
3: Know? Yeah, it's like, exactly, yeah. yeah it's
2: it's yeah. gunkata. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, CQC. Close, so, yeah, close yeah. quarters combat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Rustin? Oops.
1: Go ahead. <laughs> <coughs> I told you. That's okay. <coughs> also, go ahead. Please okay. Do. Um, I only have two movies this week. I was able to get the deep dive, and I have another one, which... I'll talk about, but I thought okay. I would pull up just to get myself maybe three. I'm gonna pull up. I think it's a movie I watched a while back that I didn't talk about last time. Uh, well, actually, I'll just mention two of them. But one of them, I was. It's a slightly higher score than the others, but I was on a kick for a little while. But they were the only Arnold Schwarzenegger movies that were available at the time on between Netflix and Hulu, and I started watching Eraser followed by end of days then running man and so I just was watching through those and out of the three racer was the, at the the top of those and I got like, with a Duh. <laughs> out of the, Even but, with the gator <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah that's the thing I wanted to talk about like there's you know some bad CGI from like the uh, uh mid to late 90s and even early 90s and like some CGI even from that time depending on how they framed it or the lighting they use it looks fairly decent even by today's standards but Mm. the uh in eraser it was still a fairly entertaining movie uh they it's toward you know it's, it's the late it's like 96 i believe late 90s so it's like kind of towards the end of the action hero thing where everything was slowing down with that they still had some stuff in the late 90s but arnold schwarzenegger was kind of I don't. I forget when he started doing the political, you know, running for that was like governor. Two thousand three, I think, is okay. when he got elected. Uh, so well, he, you know, I guess his maybe roles and movies were like kind of dying down because I think he was just costing too much, you know. <laughs> to yeah. use. Well, I don't think
2: his movies were doing super well either. Yeah, that, <clears throat> but collateral damage comes to mind. Oh yeah.
1: yeah, I haven't watched that and haven't really wanted to watch it's that. Trash. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, the uh, fairly entertaining movie. uh not great. It's I ended up scoring at the two and a half. It's just really? below three. Yeah, it just it. It's parts where it kind of drags a little bit, and mm. here and there, and then there's a lot of really rough one-liners, like this CG on the alligators is some of the worst CG well I've ever seen in the movie. And sure, I understand. But uh, I
2: feel it, like I'm taking this really personally. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's been a while since I watched it's, it.
1: Yeah. It's and there's you know like he has. Roughly infinite ammo, and in a uh, of course, in this uh, I think it was a desert eagle he got off a guy, yeah. And typically, he holds like seven, eight rounds in the thing, and he fires like 15, 16 rounds out of it. <laughs> but it uh, at the end, he suddenly says, I have two rounds left, yeah. <laughs> and he actually knows how many rounds, even though he's been shooting it for the last like you know, it seems like time is about two, three hours past between. And I don't think he's even looked at the gun, he just put how it about, How about the rail guns, though? Now, when it gets to the railgun part, that's some sci-fi stuff that I was really into. Yeah, just like yeah, yeah. where you just though everything seems to be you know current time. That's like the one thing that looks like it's you know twenty thirty years beyond everything <laughs> <Yeah>. else, <laughs> which is kind of it kind of kind of weird. But so cool, it's still though. cool, still th- cool. Yeah, the the X ray scopes. I mean. That's stuff we probably have now. We just don't, you know. Yeah. They just don't. I
2: really dug all that stuff. I like the scene when he dresses up as a flower guy to rescue that woman, and then he has to he gets into the refrigerator to, uh, he like opens the refrigerator oh, yeah. lid to stop the <laughs> nail bomb or whatever. That shit all rules. I, yeah, I, I really dig a lot of the action in the movie. And I like James Caan a lot in it, too. I think James Caan's great. He's really, really good in it. I like when he, he, he asks the guy if he's taking the field test, and he just shoots him twice. He goes, A plus, kid. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> so rough.
1: The, well, the one one liner though, follows up the uh, bad CG gator runs hmm. over. He oh. shoots it, and it's a really bad like just the <laughs> way it, he shoots it, and it, it just it looks really fake. Uh, just just as you know, besides looking bad, it just it looks like he was aiming in a different direction. <laughs> it's a, it wasn't a good shot Could at all. Couldn't even match it up. Yeah. And and, uh, and then right at like as so, so soon as he fires and it hits the ground, he goes, "Your baggage, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> Which I, I love a lot of his one-liners. A lot of them are funny, but that one just, <laughs> it's rough. But uh, hmm. And then, you know, I watched End of Days, and all I can say is the one line was, You're a fucking choir boy, but compared to me. I quiet. You know, that was a great line, really funny. But that movie is... Comically bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Like at the beginning, he's like ba- he has he's like fl- he like jumps down from a helicopter with a strap on him. Yeah. He's almost like Demolition Man at the beginning yeah, of that. Yeah. He's, but he's like unfazed, and he's like, Finish! "Who are you? Why are you chasing this?" <laughs> <laughs> it's, like he, nothing. Nothing makes sense. That's my no. least
2: favorite part of Demolition Man is the beginning <laughs> when he's like he's like shooting people with a handgun while hanging from a helicopter. Like, well, this is not an effective way to go about. Whenever this. Whenever he so. says
1: Phoenix, it's almost like he's saying penis. Like, yeah, penis. <laughs> You know, but uh, but uh, then I watched Running Man. But, but by the way, uh, End of Games, the two. End of Games. <laughs> See, him when I'm thinking of multiple things. Right, uh, end of days too. and then Running Man also two. It, it had actually a lot of funny run liners, especially when you hear on those prank calls. Yeah, and one of them is great. It's just basically Arnold saying "fuck you" <laughs> <Just straight laughs> to the guy, <laughs> and uh, that was eh, that movie w- was. It's just not great. I think it's like my least favorite of any Arnold movie I've seen. I that. need to rewatch Raw Deal because yeah. I, I remember I don't, I don't like that when I first saw it <laughs> yeah. when I was a kid, I thought, this is cool because I watched just the action you know, gun sheet scene at the end. Mm. And then later I watched the whole movie and it was extremely boring. Uh, but uh, yeah. I, I'll have to see if that was the worst. I don't know if to rewatch it.
3: How do you feel about the like um, like the uh, like historical ones like Conan, the Conans and like Red Sonja and all that?
1: Red. I've never seen Red Sonia. I okay. love Conan the Barbarian. That's uh, last time I watched. I think is. I think I got four and a half for me. Mm. Um, and the sequel actually is, even though it's a PG and it's not as good, it still has some of the decent like blood effects when they you. Whenever he hits guys with swords, hey, stuff, they it's, use it's squibs. Not as, it's so not. Weird. I don't think they. Ha- I don't remember them having actual squibs, but there is like blood like flying. You know. Oh yeah. Oh. And, and it's, it's PG in that <clears> one, right. so it's a little less. But um, it's pussified. N- not well, yeah, kind of. Uh, but it's it's still entertaining. I I think the last time I watched that it was I think three three and a half maybe I can't remember. But it's it's not as good as Barbarian, but it's mm. it's decent.
2: Well, it's not John Millius anymore, so right, it yeah. might as well not even exist. Yeah, Barbarian is good though. Mm. <laughs> um. All right. Well, I uh, I watched uh, Damsel finally, uh, which like Jr. said, is a really kind of a strange movie and not strange in any way that it's like, uh, it's not like esoteric or anything. It's just like really, it's just a weird story that is told in a very bizarre way. And it's, the trailers are very misleading. (laughs) (laughs) But I just have to, I don't have a whole lot to say about it, to be honest. I, I enjoyed it for the most part. I will say that it had one of the best uh, killings in a film of last year. Maybe the last couple of years. And Gerald, no you know what I'm talking about? When the guy gets shot and he, while he's peeing? Yeah. It's unbelievable. Uh-huh. That's so good. Yeah. He gets shot. I'll just have to spoil it. But he gets <laughs> shot and he falls over and his like dick is just hanging out of his pants and it's still pissing. And then, like, <laughs> oh, there's a God. shot of it still pissing and you can see the top of his head just like gushing blood. Uh-huh. So it's like wow. multiple gushings out of him. <laughs> It is so killer, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, it was just a really like I don't. It seemed like it didn't know what, whether it wanted to be like a full blown broad comedy or not. Uh, the lead actor, not Pattinson, but the other guy who is one of the directors, uh, yeah. David Zellner, right? Dave Zellner. Uh, he's just like so. Ah, uh, he's his, his his he's not a bad actor, but it's like his performance is so bizarre, like compared to everybody else's. He's. It feels like he he's he wants to be in like a Ferelli Brothers movie or something, <laughs> and everybody else is acting like they're from the period more or less, hmm. or for, or at least from a you know, a Western. Right. So, I gave it a three and a half. I'm very curious to check out Kamiko the Treasure Hunter now, though. I I, th- I thought it was very well directed. I liked a lot of the shots in it, and uh, yeah, oh, I'll definitely look forward to seeing other things by them. Cool. The Zellner brothers. JR.
0: All right. I watched a uh, modern classic, uh, crazy rich Asians, uh, <laughs> by, uh, from visionary director, John M Chu, mm-hmm. director of the first G. I Joe, Joe movie yeah. and the second <laughs> step up movie. Yes. Uh, the legend. Crazy rich Asians is not as good as either of those films, but, uh, oh. you know, Oh, well, uh, and it, Kevin,
2: you've seen this, right? Kevin loved this movie. This is number yeah, four I, movie of <laughs> last year. When I
0: saw loved it,
3: when I when I saw your rating for it, I was like, ooh. Ah. At the same time, I can understand because, yeah, I mean, you didn't it, get it. It's okay. Yeah, yeah it's it's <laughs> okay I, to be wrong. You know,
0: I was I was more uh, <laughs> bored than I thought I would be. I was that kind of bummed me it's pretty out. Long, you know, no? I was hoping for like a, a fun uh, romantic comedy, and. Uh, it was way too long and uh, there wasn't enough Michelle Yao. But
2: uh Oh, you mean Michelle Yo?
0: Yo, I don't well, I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I just,
2: just so <laughs> Thank everybody knows who just so we know who you're talking about. Yo, okay. Yeah. Yo.
3: yeah. She's uh, a Bond girl, for goodness sake.
0: I yeah, and I love uh yeah, long, man. The, uh, the main actress in this. Uh-huh. But uh I don't love I don't love what happens to her. Like she spends we spend we get the first 10 minutes establishing that she's like a brilliant new york professor mm-hmm. who has uh never ever looked into what her boyfriend does or who her boyfriend is because she doesn't know that he's from like the richest family in the world in singapore um and uh the next 30 minutes are just like a commercial for singapore's food and architecture and rich people and then uh the rest of the movie is her boyfriend ditching her to do like best man duties while she's like left with all these, with all these bitches that think she's a, uh, a gold digger and they all hate her and, and they the are bitches. Her. Oh, they, yeah, they're all awful. Mm. But, um, I, I really like every time Michelle Yeoh is on screen and I love, uh, like I love the ending where it's just like you have this, uh, confrontation between yo and the son but Mm -hmm. we don't get to see it it's just silent and it's i thought that was handled really well and uh and but then there's like we get like a a suicide squad style roll call of like family members (laughs) and none of them fucking matter like why is the why is the director cousin and his bimbo girlfriend in this movie why is the uh why is the douchebag brother who like lives in hong kong in this movie they just they each get like one one dumb joke scene and then they're gone.
2: You got to have all That's the it. Asians in there, man. That's what they're banking <laughs> they did, on.
0: They did cram they crammed a lot of Asians in this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I re- wish representation. Man. Them, <laughs> I wish more of them were three-dimensional or like two-dimensional. Not a lot of a uh, not a lot of characterization outside of uh Constance Wu, the boyfriend and uh Michelle Yeoh.
2: How was uh, Aquafina? She's the breakout star of this movie. Is she? That's what everybody's saying. She was she hosted Saturday Night Live.
1: Aquafina, like the That's <laughs> what so
2: she's named after, I guess. Yeah, like she's eight. like a rapper. or something. heard of that. That,
3: no. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and
1: I don't really follow current music. It's, 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 I, would, I would be, it's I would right be very
3: interested. Like, I don't know who did the original, but like, there's some rapper who's got a song called "My Dick," and it's literally like, "My Dick does this, My Dick does that, My Yeah, you know," yeah, okay. and like, she has one, "My Pussy," which is li- oh. literally, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's like mine is mine. gold, yours is lead, my that pussy can, that kind of swallows your dick. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> yeah. <pretty much. laughs> I don't remember that exact line, but like yeah, it's like yeah, it's like, you know, that kind of thing. And so <laughs> you know, the like safe family comedy that is crazy rich Asians, like they'll, you know, they'll go over to that and they'll be like, Wait a second. <laughs> but it's also like uh when Peter Capaldi was cast as the 12th Doctor, you know. Right. Doctor Who is, like, a lot more kid-friendly. And, you know, they're going to find stuff like the thick of it or in the loop and, you know.
0: He curses a lot, yeah.
3: He gets very creative with the cursing, yeah. so.
0: I really appreciate you making this movie more interesting by talking about Doctor Who. <laughs> um, but uh Aquafina's hair is, uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah! What did, what, did they, what did they fucking do to Aquafina's hair? It was crazy. It was, it was like a Wig, wasn't it? I mean, probably. Did they but It looked awful. Yeah, it's like she was also in. Like... Uh, she was also in Ocean's Eight, which I think came oh, out yeah, like yeah. right at the same time. I haven't seen that yet, though. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is a two and a half. I'm sorry, Kevin. I mean, you know.
3: You gave you gave a four and a half to Life of Brian, where like literally everybody else who sat at this table gave it a two and a half. So
2: everybody you know, else you... gave it the correct score, and Jr. was and generous. I,
0: I did that in anticipation of this moment. <laughs> glad, glad it paid off. Just kidding. Yeah. So all right, your, your credit's still good. <laughs> good, <ahead>, Kevin.
3: <laughs> okay, so I'll run through a couple of these. I watched a couple of Disney movies. Got through all the ones from the 50s and one from 1961 101 Dalmatians it's like the 50s is where the disney movies really start to take off and like they become like you know what they're known for now cuz you got like Peter Pan, Lady <coughs> and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty and then 101 Dalmatians and like The funny thing is, like, in all of these movies, there's not a lot that happens. Like, they really don't have very, like, fleshed-out plots. Um, Until you get to, like, really, like, 101 Dalmatians. Because there's the setup of the love story and then the setup of Cruella. And why she wants to make a coat out of puppies and dog fur, I have no idea. But I don't know. Maybe that's explained in the book that it's based on but uh yeah like oh sleeping beauty i just don't really understand cuz like maleficent shows up as this you know like super powerful sorceress and she's miffed that this king and queen these mortal king and queen didn't invite her to see the birth of their daughter and it's like if you're so powerful then why do you give a shit i mean if if <laughs> sleeping beauty if aurora was you know like gonna grow up and to be some powerful sorceress you know that's one thing or like with you know snow white like she's gonna grow up to be the most beautiful in the land and you're just jealous like that's one thing but like why do you care about a just an average princess right i don't get it but uh peter pan like the guy who plays captain hook he is hilarious him and Smee make make the movie what it is for me. And, like, I never knew that, like... I'd heard, like, Hans Conried, the guy who plays him. He also plays the Grinch in a couple of things. And he plays um, Thorin Oakenshield in the animated Hobbit. And, like, just the all the, like, crazy laughs and screams and yelling and raving it's i was just like i was just laughing my ass off
1: i remember loving that movie when i was a kid
3: yeah like i would i would definitely recommend watching it again just for the captain hook scenes because yeah it's great (laughs) and what's the score
1: on that one let's see for peter pan
3: three and a half Lady and the Tramp and Sleeping Beauty get three, and then 101 Dalmatians gets three and a half. Because, like, I didn't realize, like, I had forgotten how catchy that song is. Like,
1: Cruella DeVille, oh, yeah. Cruella Devil. if she doesn't scare you, no evil thing will. Yeah, they made money in the movie on that. <laughs> yeah,
3: like, and they actually have, like, a pretty decent score in that movie. Like, uh, George Bruns does the score, and it's a lot... Like it's so far removed from the like typical score that's in the movies that come before it, because like especially like Sleeping Beauty, like there's like a freaking Greek chorus, like singing about what's going on in the movie, and it's like yeah, we can see it, and the narrator just said it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not I'm not you know super trying to hate on Sleeping Beauty, but it just it just. The animation is really what makes it in the fight with the with the dragon. Rebuttals.
1: <laughs> I Sleeping Beauty I have not I think I watched once and it was yeah, yeah. back when I was a child so I I I rem, I don't remember anything with songs. I just remember like images. <laughs> I've never yeah. seen any of this shit. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean...
3: <laughs> like uh it's you know like I've seen all of them like when I was a kid, but like that was the thing about sleeping beauty. Like I knew that I had seen it, but I couldn't remember Jack shit about it except for the ending when he's fighting the dragon. Mm. So, and yeah, like the rest of it is just really not as memorable.
2: Mm. All right. I
0: don't remember a damn thing about that movie. Yeah. See, (laughs) yeah,
3: nothing happens. All right. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Russell.
1: Okay. Well, this is going to be my the one the other movie I watched this week besides the deep dive. I uh, saw that the basically the entire Mummy that you know from the '90s to early 2000s Mummy trilogy was on Netflix, and the first one was there, so I was like, oh, I gotta rewatch this. It's in it, there's, there's in fact right now on Netflix. There's a lot of like classic or just good like '90s '80s movies that are just popping up on there right now. Um, but uh. <clears throat> the mummy from 1999 and before I can say anything else. And if you'll say anything, uh, I have to say that <clears throat> I'm a huge fan of uh, Rachel Weiss. And even now to this day, I think she's either 49 or 50 married to Daniel Craig. I still think she's very, very attractive and very good actress. She, she was fantastic. Uh, in, in um, and I'm forgetting the name of the movie with, uh, Hugh Jackman and, uh, the fountain the fountain. Yeah. Um, She's great. I haven't seen her very much else, honestly, or movies she starred in. But I, you know, I've seen The Fountain was fantastic, and she was really good in uh, uh, Constantine. And um, in this movie, I think, just my opinion, she is the most beautiful actress. <laughs> this sounds really, you know, cheesy and corny, but to me, to me, in my mind, at that time, 1999, when I saw it. She is the most beautiful actress or person on screen I have ever seen. Like hottest piece of ass of
2: all time. I wouldn't say it like <laughs> that,
1: but uh just the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in <laughs> on screen at any time.
2: And that has just well, make vulgar. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> no, that's fair. She's very beautiful in the movie. Yeah. I mean, she's she's a gorgeous lady.
1: And but um we also have a uh, and i'm <clears throat> i'm drawing it see when i'm on you know limelight's on me i am constantly drawing blanks of like when i'm wanting to talk about it's just a bad habit i have but uh <clears throat> basically the they want to talk about the movie as well cuz uh it's you know it's a re, rehash of the uh, original mummy own, like have you the, seen
2: the original mummy i have not
1: I like owned either. by <laughs> no it's f um was it fun? I don't know who. who, who owns Universal. 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 That's yeah. it. That's Universal. <laughs> yeah, because he's
3: uh, the Universal monsters. Yeah, that's
1: that's what it was. Um, and it's just a rehash. But it's it's almost not even really. It seems like I know. Like recently, they try. They were going to try to like make an oh, yeah. extended universe. Did you watch the new Mummy? I in have not. And i no. <laughs> and it's got uh,
2: very attractive lady in it. Also, the uh, the girl from. Um, Fuck, what's her name? She was in uh, Atomic Blonde. Yeah. Sophia she, Butella. Yeah, yeah, Sophia Butella. She's been in a
3: lot of stuff. She was in Star Trek Beyond,
2: and. She's an attractive lady. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. A lot of stuff. I remember Atomic Blonde. Uh,
2: She's the one that uh, Charlie Stern has sex with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I remember that, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: of course. Hard I mean, I forget. don't remember a whole lot else in It's it just. <laughs> well, I mean, that movie was entertaining at times, but it, like, it. You just don't make. You just don't, you know, make a music video into a full length feature. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Anyways, uh, we have uh, a <clears throat> O'Connell, the hero who is uh,
3: Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Action hero. <laughs>
1: Which is strange.
3: You O'Connell, you'll never believe it. That's <laughs> uh-huh. a <laughs> bad accent, but.
1: <laughs> Oh yeah, he, I, he was, like when I think I watched I watched a lot of stuff with subtitles just because sometimes I have to turn it down where I'm at. But um, it, he said it in uh, like when he was talking, like he speaks multiple languages at one point. Uh, Benny, yeah. when he's trying to like pull up mm. when when the mummy confronts him, and he's trying to pull up these like you know like talismans he got <sighs> on his neck. You know, first he pulls up like a, a Star David and starts speak. well no, sorry, he starts off speaking. I think it's Egyptian. He has like the eye of Ra, which for some reason, that the mummy doesn't recognize that. Then he pulls up the, cr- the, the cross, starts speaking uh, Latin, you know, like chanting Latin to try to ward it off. And he just keeps walking toward him. And then he pulls up. It's a, uh, like a symbol of Buddha and starts speaking. And what was funny is before that, uh, the translation for the uh, subtitles that said Latin, speaking Latin or speaking uh, Arabic. And then it jumps to this. And I'm like, oh, this must be like speaking like Cantonese or something. He goes, it says gibberish (laughs) (laughs) on the the subtitles. I'm like, whoa. (laughs) Mm. They couldn't even say "say Sanskrit or something. That's intense. (laughs) So he literally was not even trying, like he wasn't trying to speak. Any type of Asian dialogue It was yeah. just Trying to make himself sound out That's pretty rough yeah. But <laughs> But um And finally he pulls out The Star of David And starts speaking uh, It actually says Hebrew yeah. Well he's and, and then he And then the The mummy's like in I guess Egyptian goes The language of the slaves I may have use for you, you know? And starts talking to him But um It's just It's a very uh, I don't know it, it, it It's I can't remember how, I think it's Two hours long Right about two hours But um once it starts, it like it, it just immediately throws you into a giant battle in front of like Hamanatra, the city of the dead, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> and like it's uh, O'Connell, the Brendan Fraser. All that we found there
2: was sand and blood. Best line of the movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, they're in this battle. Like they've evidently marched all the way. Like he explains it later that his entire company in the French Foreign Legion marched all the way there like half of them died on the way just because their uh commander like believed in this lost you know the lost city and the treasure and the you know I forget the na- the name of the uh the group that watches over it but they attack them magi. the magi that's right for a thousand years <laughs> i like that guy that guy's really he's not in a lot of stuff but um he's in all the mummy movies he's in all the mummy movies <laughs> yeah. and uh, he voices yeah, I think he does the voice acting. He, I know he voices a character in the uh, the Destiny video game, and a few other like uh, I think cartoons or something. But cool. that guy's cool. I, I really like him.
3: I think he was also the voice of Doctor Strange in Justice League. Oh, he's the oh,
2: yeah. uh, he's also the um, Jigolo and Do male gigolo. Oh that, yeah, that uh, That's Rob right. Schneider takes oh. over for.
1: <laughs> I remember that now. Yeah, but um, it's a classic. Yeah. I, what else can I say about it? It's just, it's it's, just a, it's a it's a, it's, fun, it's a fun very ride, fun mm. action, entertaining movie. It's uh, got a lot of goofy jokes. Some are a little too strong, like just too cheesy. But most of it's just really solid. It's just it's lighthearted at times, and then there's some dark moments and parts where they kind of get. It's almost borderline gross, especially when the, uh, they open up a sarcophagus. against Those workers and like salt acid gets bl- you know blown yeah. on them and. Ooh. It it it, it cuts away several times, so it's not so it stays PG thirteen, but it looks pretty when you just look at it. Clearly, it's sick. Like
2: <laughs> and like the uh, the beetle things that crawl under your skin. That is
1: that's freaky. It's
0: fucked. Yeah. I, I was mean, really scared of those as a kid. Like, yeah, the,
1: and I,
3: I liked when like it comes out of him and like goes up into his jaw ooh. and like he, and he bites into it and
1: eats it. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that part. Oh, yeah. disgusting. And one the mummy himself doing it, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the other guy goes into his head. and. Uh...
2: How about uh, uh, v- v- Voslo as the mummy? You in? He was
1: actually... Look,
2: okay. This guy, talk about somebody who's done nothing. This guy was in Hard Target and this movie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he was good as the mummy. He didn't say a whole lot, but like it, it, he was good just in his present... You know, just the way he moved, the way his facial expressions, especially when he got his skin back and everything. And even when it was like half CG'd, it, it you know, and it's not, it it hasn't aged all that well, but it still looks pretty decent for the time, especially yeah. whenever it's a huge transition where it's he's in the he's the sandstorm, and then he comes back into human. Yeah, form. and O'Connell
2: is shooting a gun into the sandstorm for some reason yeah. to stop him. <laughs> like he thinks that's gonna stop him, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah,
1: um, and it's it's got a lot of good stuff. It ends, you know, it's it's just it's fun it's it's one i just recommend it's to a anybody. blast it's i inter- i bought the blu-ray
2: I meaning to rewatch it
1: the a sequel is entertaining in some aspects it also has uh rachel rice returning which Rachel rice I, <laughs> rice yep weiss <laughs> uh, and uh it's a bit more uh like they try to go into more backstory where like uh evidently uh Weiss is actually like a descendant of the Pharaoh reincarnated oh, see, and, it, and it gets kind of stupid yeah. at points. Yeah. There's some cool stuff in it, but it's, it's nowhere near as good as the first one. And it has one of the worst in it's the, it's one of the worst funny moments in, in I've seen in any movie. It's a part where, well, this alone, the CG rock on a scorpion was pretty rough to see and hilarious, but the part, whenever O'Connell <laughs> in that movie stabs the rock, And uh, and then the who the evidently him stabbing the rock means that the power goes to him or does I don't know I forget what it does but it ends up because in order for Emotep to get his power back he has to stab the rock uh, for some or the 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 Scorpion King or whatever right and fascinating whenever (laughs) O'Connell stabs him he's like he's like leaning over the edge of a cliff with the spear in the rock and they're both looking at it like what <laughs> and then and then it's a giant wide shot where the uh emotep is like not in this shot at all and like he's still standing there like holding the spear inside of him and like a s like maybe two three seconds emotep runs over kneels down and looks up and goes no nah! it was just <laughs> the funniest worst scenes i've ever seen in the movie <laughs> um oh. but uh yes uh the original mummy 1999 uh with rachel rice the hottest woman in hollywood uh it's a uh solid and i i'm gonna tag on an extra half now that i'm doing four and a half even though i, yeah, I side four Be generous, i gotta i gotta got yeah, got yeah. throw an extra half on there just because rachel rice is an incredible actress and she's it, the you, most beautiful woman it in the world constantly <laughs> sounds like you're saying rachel rice <laughs> yeah i'm trying i'm, I'm nervous and i'm talking it's, fast it's all good man <laughs> Yeah, it's
2: all good all right well um i watched uh a movie i'm sorry i'm looking up that scene that he's talking about i watched uh if beale street could talk uh uh-huh. um which uh, weirdly enough is only playing at the movie tavern here uh even though it's like this you know art film mm. uh directed by barry jenkins It's follow up to Moonlight and I don't know what the consensus on this movie is I feel like when the trailers first came out they were saying like you know it looks amazing and it's gonna be all the Oscar wins and everything but I feel like nobody's talking about it now um I liked it uh that was pretty good I liked it probably about the same as Moonlight uh but it's definitely a lot different it's uh I'm trying to think of how to describe it (coughs) it's a story of these two young African American people who have a boy and a girl who have known each other since they were kids and they fall in love in the seventies in in New York and uh, they try to just like live their lives. But unfortunately the man gets arrested for rape and put in prison and he, you, well you're, I mean, it's not really a mystery or anything. He didn't do it, right? It's, right. Just, it's like racism. The cops picked him, and they said, you know, this guy, he's the guy. And throughout the film, there are these. Um...
0: Yeah, I got to step away from the mic real quick. That's Sorry. all
2: good, Jr. So, uh, throughout the film, there are these um, flashbacks of uh, what happened, and like he gets on the wrong side of like this cop who's. Like a totally, you know, like this classic asshole racist cop, you know, right. calls him boy <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and, um, never uses the N word though, which I really liked about the movie. I was like, please don't make a museum work Cause this is going to be so ridiculously over the top racist, right. you know, <laughs> but, um, it's actually Ed screen who was, uh, or scrymed oh, the yeah, villain yeah. in Deadpool. Yeah. Right. He's, he's, he's very smarmy looking. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, this is like a, these flashbacks about their life and them trying to like you know be together and nobody like everybody's just like fucking with them constantly like they have trouble finding an apartment because they're black and Mm. their parents uh some of their her mother hates or no his mother hates the idea that uh they're pregnant which they are they get pregnant sorry and uh (laughs) and uh she's like a bible beater and like a nutcase and there's a really good scene early on where they confront her and tell her that she's pregnant and she calls her like a whore essentially, and then they they just start cursing at each other. And uh, Ouch. one of them calls the one of the sisters, one of the guy's sisters, a, a cunt. <laughs> it's really, it's very intense, very good scene. Uh, and I was like, we can keep this energy up. I'm in. <laughs> but uh, I guess I would say that like as far as the the awards situation, like the the two leads, I think are are a little weak in my opinion. I think they're fine for what they are. They're I mean they're not anybody I know. But that's right. not important. They just don't. I don't think they do as well as. Especially when you put them in the same movie with everybody who plays like their parents, like um, Regina King plays her mother, and then whoever plays her father. I don't know who he is, but he's fucking great in it. Mm. And uh, they get and the, the the standout performance for me. Is uh I think his name's Brian Tyree Henry and he's the guy from Atlanta. I don't know if you guys have seen Atlanta.
3: I've been meaning to forever. So
2: in Atlanta, you know Donald Glover, uh, his cousin is a rapper. He's right. Like this kind of big guy and that big guy is Tyree yeah. Henry and uh he's in this and he's really fucking good. Like he's over the top natural. I mean it's like cra- it's like nice. crazy how it's crazy how much better. Like uh, he's operating on a different level than everybody else. It seems like you know it's really it's really impressive. But um, he's only in, like, one scene, but it's amazing. Ah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say it's pretty, pretty solid, and oh, it's interestingly it. shot. It's got some interesting moments and cool stuff. And Dave Franco makes an appearance out of nowhere as, like, this Jewish landlord. Hmm. Really bizarre, but he, he pulls it off, man.
3: <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> oh, so I gave it a four. Yeah. <laughs> I am
3: interested to see this. Uh, I haven't been to any movie taverns so far.
2: Oh, man. But, uh, try, try the grilled cheese, I'm telling you. All right. And
3: uh, I don't know. Like, I remember, like, not long after it first opened, I was only hearing negative stuff about the one at City Place. Well, I don't, we
2: only go to the one on Jubin. Okay. Because the one at City Place, I don't know, it's just that that area. When you go to Jubin, you get the Denham Springs crowd, and the great thing about that is that if you see any movie that's, like, even the least bit strange, uh-huh. nobody's there. Because the Denim Springs crowd are a bunch of rednecks. So they don't want to see that shit. So, like, this movie, we had, like, six people in this theater, which was nice. fantastic. Mm. And they were all relatively quiet.
0: Can I either go to the Weird Movie or go to Bass Pro Shop? They exactly. always choose yeah. Bass Pro Shop. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Actually, I, I read a... No, this is totally off topic, but I read a... Um, speaking of Bass Pro Bass, Bass Pro Shop... <laughs> Uh, I read an article the other day that they're trying to put an Ikea in over there. Ooh. Yeah, wow. that's cool. Not sure uh, if that's going to work out or not, but yeah. I don't That'd think... it would be cool th- to have one. Where where would It'd they be put cool. it? Somewhere near the Bass Pro Shop, they say. Okay.
1: But I don't... I, I figured
3: I, all that was, like, bought up and developed by now. Who, I, who fucking You
1: knows? know what we really need? A McKay's. What is a McKay's? McKay's is like a thrift store, but it's more of a business. <laughs> it is the greatest, like... Store I've ever been in, they had them. Where I've visited my sister in North Carolina, they have them in Tennessee. Uh, I bought like, I mean, the game collecting, and they have they have everything media wise. They have movies, books, music. vinyl. It sounds like a toys. Yeah, it's people go there to sell stuff, trade, you know, and then they just turn around and sell it, and it's you know they they're all organized it's a good i mean it's a lot better than a, a regular thrift store it's like it's like, business, half, it's like you know? half price books in yeah, texas yeah and it's and it's not like they're half donating it's just that's yeah. all you know yeah. profit but it's great prices and that their selection of stuff is they just keep every week they get new supply and they keep putting it's great
2: yeah i don't think we could honestly i don't think we could uh sustain an ikea here but who knows uh, let's yeah. move on jr
0: what do you got uh, I got uh, I got revenge. <coughs> revenge is a uh, it's a French movie from last year that or came out in the U.S. last year uh, about a like a young, very hot, beautiful girl named Jen. Uh, you know she's presented in this movie like to be. They basically they they depict her in the beginning to just be a piece of ass. Uh, she has gone to, like, this desert mansion in the middle of nowhere with this married man for, like, a, a sex vacation. <laughs> uh, the married man is, like, he's some rich dude. Uh, you get the sense that he's a CEO, and he's doing, like, an annual hunting trip with uh, other douchebag rich buddies. And uh, the other buddies, like, show up early before uh, the hot girl has left. And... uh some you know stuff goes wrong one of the guys the the married man leaves the house to go get hunting permits one day and while he's gone uh the creepy uh, one of the creepy other guys uh rapes the girl and uh when the dude gets back he freaks out at first and then after about 30 seconds decides well we can't let you go back home and uh we're going to get you a job in Canada so you can't get any of us uh, sent to prison and then it ends up with her running away and them shoving her off a cliff huh that's all the first uh, like 15 20 minutes oh uh, then the uh, then the title kicks in and everyone's uh, the guys are hunting the girl and the girl is hunting the guys to try and escape and it's uh, it is just a fucking bloodbath lots and lots of just liquid fake blood everywhere it is glorious uh there is one shot one scene it's like a dream sequence that has some cgi blood but all the rest is real and it looks great and uh it's just fun the violence in this movie is just awesome there are only four characters but uh all all of the hunting and all the violence is uh, it's just it's great. I can't can really say anything else about it without spoiling the coolest scenes. So mm. you should just watch it.
3: Wasn't this like a YouTube production?
2: Was <laughs> <it>? I don't. <laughs> I remember seeing I like ads so.
3: for it on YouTube, and I thought like
2: a lot like, of the time they put trailers on YouTube. Kevin.
3: Well, no, but like you know they had like that. Karate Kid extension series. Yeah. What you know? Yeah. They were doing stuff for a while. I don't think
2: YouTube makes. Mo- I don't think they made any actual features, though. They just do TV shows. Okay, but yeah, I, I, I hear. I hear what you're saying.
0: Right, right. I'm not sure who put it out. It was definitely in theaters though, and it's on Prime now. Oh, um, but yeah, it's uh it's just a cool little cool little flick. Solid mm, stuff. We'll cool. Four out of five. Nice.
2: So, I'm just waiting on Kevin to get his letterbox back up. Let's go, bud.
3: Fine. Um. So I've watched Solo, a Star Wars story. Oh, I
2: thought you, I thought you were going to say you watched Solo with Mario Van Peebles. No. <laughs> <laughs> In a 90s action movie? No, I can't say, can't say that I have. William Sadler was the villain.
1: Ooh. Oh, I saw that when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Solo. I, I,
2: didn't,
1: I didn't like it.
2: <laughs> I think Adrian Brody is like his maker or something. He's like an android. It's, wow, <laughs> it's brutal. Go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. You watched Solo: A uh, Star Wars Story.
3: Yeah, and it's um, it's pretty bland and pretty boring. And um, I don't know. I don't know why. Like they would like. I heard so much stuff about them having to get like an acting coach in for the lead, uh, Alden Ehrenreich. Um, and like he's not bad. He's not good, but he's not bad. I mean, he's serviceable for this kind of movie. So I don't know what exactly they were hoping for slash expecting from him. But, you know, it's just the thing with these uh, non-trilogy Star Wars movies. Like... They get to the they get to a certain point and they're like, Holy shit, this movie is a piece of shit. What do we do? What do we do? What you do fire we fire the
2: directors and you hire Ron Howard? Yeah, do do? like from
3: what I understand, they fired the people who made the Lego movie and like yeah, Lord that Miller. was a mistake. Because the Lego movie is actually decent.
2: But we disagree, but go ahead. Well,
3: uh, <laughs> but then replace him with Ron Howard? Uh, you know, I see?
2: I don't know which of those is the greater evil in my book. <laughs> see? <laughs> I'd yeah. have to see what Howard. Lord- I'd have Howard to see. What, the greater evil. I don't know. I'd have to see what Lord Miller had in mind for I, it. I, don't I know. mean, if it was like a, a they comedy made cloudy thing, cloudy with a
0: chance of meatballs. They're brilliant.
2: See, I don't. That's not something that's a big. And honestly, I used I like Twenty One Jump Street when I saw it in the theater, but I, rewatching <laughs> it, it didn't work. So I don't know. Okay.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, like I, I think for me, one of the big, one of the biggest acting problems was uh, Amelia Clark. Like she's just not very interesting and doesn't really sell. Her character, uh, Paul Bettany, who's actually a pretty good actor, is really, really bland.
2: Yeah, he's um, well, he's he's a Marvel guy now, you know, yeah, so he's done. Yeah,
3: I mean, he he tried. I'll I'll give him that. Nah, fuck him. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sandy Newton also boring. Um, She's
2: that stunt casting from Westworld, you know? Yeah, I guess so. She would never have that role <laughs> if Westworld wasn't on.
3: Yeah, I mean, like, who was
2: talking about Sandy Newton before Westworld started? Nobody. Truth about Charlie. I mean, come on. Yeah. Get, get fucking real. Or
3: like rock and roller. Mission uh, Impossible but she was just too. A piece of ass in that.
2: That's <laughs> all she ever was before Westworld. Now she's like. I mean, she's good in Westworld. I mean, she's. A good well, now actress, she's I'm an intellectual saying. piece Exa- of ass. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah.
3: But yeah, like, like the biggest difference for me between this one and Rogue One, like Rogue One, like was actively like pissing me off as I was watching it. Like, like just so many things like contradicted itself and you know it was poorly put together bad acting like the
1: whole runs the whole the shots that were ripped that were the, the deleted shots from uh, the new hope that were thrown in there that yeah, is th- that is match thing the thing uh, that pissed <laughs> me off the most in that movie I yeah, was angry yeah I was just the, like why and I mean and I yeah. love the Darth Vader scene but you know, right so
3: like that's yeah and like I don't know like how the estate of Peter Cushing was like yeah put him in there Yeah, like money
2: yeah, that's true. They, yeah, I mean that, money, uh, that Disney fuck you money. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah,
3: like, um, but yeah, I mean, Donald Glover as Lando is really entertaining. He's a lot of fun. I agree. Um, that's good. I'm sick to death of fucking sassy droids, or like, like because like the the one who the one who's in uh, Rogue One that's played by uh, Alan Tudyk, like. Like, they obvious... Somehow, this droid has, like, Asperger's or something where, like, you know, quote-unquote, no filter. Yeah. And, like... And this one is, like... (laughs) Like, I was watching a, uh, like, Nostalgia Critic thing. Uh, Like, she's all, bot lives matter. Because this one robot, this droid is, like, really hoping for, like, the liberation of all droids and this, that, and the other. And, like... (laughs) And there's a point where she's, like, keep in mind, we're in a Disney movie now. Like, she's talking about how, like, like she never says it explicitly, but, like, you know, I know how much Lando wants me. And I can see why he would, but it w- it would just never work. Mm-hmm. So, like, she's, like, implying that, like, Lando wants to fuck her. He's and a droid fucker. He's a droid fucker. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like that Kids in the Hall sketch, the car dude, fuckers. Dude, dude,
1: dude. Uh, <laughs> Cloud City in uh, Empire Strikes Back, like, his bright-hand man is like a cyborg. Yeah. Who so. fucks that guy? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe.
3: I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the metal yeah. metal he- he- headphone guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, but, yeah, like, really lackluster all the way through. Like, you don't care about anything or anyone. So, yeah, that's why it's a two and a half. Um, one or one or two chuckles in there. But, uh, and you know, like, it didn't actively do anything bad. But...
1: Well, you, yeah. you can say one thing at least. Uh, at least uh, Han shot first in this movie.
3: Yeah, because they make sure <laughs> Han shot first.
1: Who, who even gives a shit? Am I right?
2: <laughs> Fucking nerds. Such a, like a, it's like a, it's like it's like a twenty-year-old. Like who gives, who like this argument about who shot? Yeah. gives a flying fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, if, he sh- if he shot first, does it make it better? Like who cares? Yeah. Who could give a fuck? Star Wars is so fucking tired. I'm sorry, Rustin. Go ahead, man. Hmm? Well, Yo, you don't have don't anything, have anything else. else. My bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I I watched uh, Shirkers. <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Sandy Tan. Jesus Christ! It's another um, Singapore film. We're talking about a lot of Singapore cinema today. Yeah. Um, so, so Shirkers is a documentary on Netflix that uh, Jr. talked about a couple episodes ago. Mm. Um, you know, it's been really uh, well acclaimed, and uh, for good reason. It's a solid, solid little picture. You know, I'm not one of these uh, people who i don't understand like some of the like i've seen like a, a five five star five bangers on this thing i don't I don't necessarily get <laughs> that but i mean it is good i mean it's a well-made documentary and uh it makes you want to watch the movie which at uh, spoiler you can't and uh <laughs> and uh because it's about it's about this female director or female writer in singapore when she was young she wrote this movie and they made and they made this movie and uh their director who is this uh claiming to be an american but obviously not american bit of a tommy wiseau situation uh he steals all the footage so uh he runs away with it and the movie's about her trying to find out what happened and come to grips with the fact that she might never see her movie but you know that she finds it because the whole movie is filled with footage from the movie so obviously (laughs) they found the film but uh yeah it's really really enjoyable very easy to watch uh and, uh, the mystery, honestly, it's compelling, but I, I, I would have rather like more, more stuff about the making of the movie, even though there is a lot of it in there. I would have liked the whole fucking thing to be about the making of the movie. Cause that's the shit that's, uh, I can get down on that stuff all day, man. Right. Just like them talking about how, how they had to like f- the, uh, the, the production assistants or the, um, DP or whoever the, 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 her friends who are these girls, they, like, faked seizures to draw crowds so they can get crowd shots and shit. <laughs> like, wow. Like, that's really, that's cool, man. <laughs> you know? Uh, it's really interesting stuff like that. And then after that, I watched um, her, Sandy Tan's only other uh, movie, which is uh, called Gourmet Baby, which is a short film she did in 2001. Just to, just to round out, you know? She's got so few credits, I might as well just check them all out. And it's on YouTube. And I have, say, I have to say I highly recommend it I'm not big on short films Like usually I watch them And I'm just kind of like Eh, you know, whatever mm. This is really good Like it's very well written And uh, impeccably made And it's about a an, a, an older guy who, Like a middle aged guy Who is an intellectual in Singapore And he's like all about food He's like a foodie mm. And he's always wanted to find The perfect dinner companion So he's been grooming his niece To be his dinner companion And she's like seven or something and as she grows older like she becomes less and less interested in doing that kind of thing with him like going to dinner with him and tasting weird food and he gets like you know upset and disillusioned by it and stuff and it's just really i don't know it's it's really really good and uh so yeah i highly recommend that it's on youtube it's like 15 minutes long uh but that's that's it that's everything i watch
0: Hmm. i got a i got one more i'll go real quick I just want to mention this one because, uh, Kevin is an awesome guy and he got me the Magnificent Ambersons Criterion for Christmas and, uh, without, you know, I don't have Wi-Fi at my house yet. So I've been, uh, just kind of watching Broodal. what's downloaded on my computer or, uh, or what I have on Blu-ray. The seven and, Blu-rays uh, you own. <laughs> Magnificent Ambersons was, uh, <laughs> right on top of a box. So, uh, plugged it in and, uh. This movie is famous for being just chopped to shit by, uh, RKO, uh, Orson Welles' studio while he was off shooting something else in Brazil. Um, a lot of, like, uh, apparently they got a new cinematographer to, like, reshoot some things. Uh, Orson Welles' agent is, like, apparently the, the director of, like, the really shitty last, uh, scene of the film that they added onto, uh onto this movie they uh they cut it from 135 minutes to 88 it's a uh, god bless it sh- them <laughs> it should it should be a mess but uh the first half of this movie is still just absolutely beautiful um, orson Wells is just like a master of shadows and camera movement the, uh i still loved a lot of it I would. This would be the last Orson Welles movie I would ever recommend to you guys. It is so purposefully old-fashioned. It's like, (laughs) it's like designed like in 1943. It was made to be old-fashioned, so it's. I could just. I see you sitting there and just fucking hating it. It's definitely a melodrama, um. But uh, I don't know. It's it's got a lot of just uh. It's got a lot of heavy hitting scenes, and it looks great. Um, it's a four and a half, and it this would have been a five if it was if it were complete. Mm. The yeah, that's it.
3: They didn't try to like piece it back together or anything.
0: Uh, it was all destroyed. The, the, the stuff they they deleted they they cut when they cut <laughs> that shit apart they were like you're not gonna fix this out. <laughs>
2: Jeez. Oh. Cool. Mm. Kevin, you have anything else?
3: Yeah, I'll run through them real quick. Uh, so I watched Christopher Nolan's very first short Doodlebug. It's okay, not very interesting. Uh, and I watched uh, Kevin Phillips' uh, short uh, Too Cool for School. Where would you watch that at? Um, something called NeighborhoodWatch.tv. If you go to Letterboxd and you look at the reviews, there's a link to it in one of the one of the reviews. Cool. Um, personally, I didn't find it very interesting. Um, I mean, you know, it's only 11 minutes and, like, there's some suspense in there. But, like, there's no... And then it get like, towards the end, it gets, like, insanely weird for, like, no discernible reason um so yeah i mean yeah didn't really enjoy it all that much and speaking of didn't enjoy i've watched the thomas crown affair the remake by uh john mctiernan and it's
2: bad how about that sex scene though where <laughs> they're when they're going up the stairs and yeah shit.
3: <laughs> yeah that's that's all well and good but like the rest, <laughs> the rest of the movie like i don't know like they couldn't have gotten a better actress than Renee Russo. She is terrible in this. And like like Pierce Brosnan is really phoning it in. It's like you know, he's like the CEO version of James Bond and it's like 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 if I wanted James Bond with Pierce Brosnan, I'll just watch Goldeneye. And like yeah, it's it's so long and convoluted and there's no real point to anything and like Really like I never thought I would say this Dennis Leary is the best thing about this movie
2: Didn't even remember him being in it Yeah
3: like him and like Wow Yeah like he's he's the one like person Who's like the most natural And like most invested in anything that's going on Not to get
2: way off track here But (laughs) are, are, are our feelings inherently negative about Dennis Leary I mean I love the guy I thought the first two seasons of Rescue Me Are damn fine television
3: I haven't seen any of that. I agree with that. Like, the only reason I say that is because, like, I really, like, aside from, like, Operation Dumbo Drop, (laughs) which I remember enjoying immensely, and especially him, I can't say that I remember a whole lot of what he's done if I've even seen it.
2: (coughs) The ref? (laughs)
3: <laughs> I think I've seen like parts of that on TV, but I've never seen it. It's not great, thing.
2: but I mean, you know, he's fun in it. Uh, yeah. yeah and like, he
1: was himself in a uh, demolition man. as Edgar There you friendly, go. Edgar you know? friendly, oh, right. Yeah. yeah.
3: And I had forgotten. It's been forever since I've seen demolition man. And I'd forgotten that.
2: And I know you're not a big fan of, uh, uh, natural born killers, but he's got a deleted scene on oh. the, on the d v d or the blu ray see and I haven't seen that you like, know what I'll send it to you on youtube it's okay. killer he just like he's just like a monologue <laughs> to the camera
3: it's so funny like i <laughs> I saw natural born killers on v on v h s
2: oh Jesus,
3: yeah, so it's been a while
2: oh uh, really i thought I could have sworn you watched mm-hmm. it since we started the show. no have you not talked about it on the show no. okay Maybe uh maybe a deep dive coming. Huh. <laughs> just kidding.
3: Actually, come to think of it, like I think the only Oliver Stone movie that I've watched since we started doing the podcast was JFK. Talk Radio. Oh, that's right. That's right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um but not to sorry to get off track. Just wanted to see. I didn't, I, I know a lot of people yeah, I, mean, do, I, have, I know a lot of people do dislike uh him. And I I just don't I don't I'm not like a like a you know uh, apologists or I anything. Mean, like everything he does right. is great but I definitely I don't know the things that he's done that I like I really like like I like his Santa specials I remember enjoying his Santa they're very specials. funny he's yeah. very aggressive and I also liked his short-lived uh, comedy series the job on ABC do you remember this no he plays he plays a detective it's very funny I used to have amazing. that on DVD I, I used to also amazing right. <laughs> and
3: last but certainly not least I finally watched uh, Soldado. And like, which
2: is what the title of the film should have been exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's Sicario Two: Day of the Soldado. Yeah. <laughs> the soldado. And like, the thing like they could have I at was, least stayed consistent with the language. Like Soldado de la Day. How do you say Day? Mañana That's tomorrow. I don't, yeah. don't know. <laughs> dia, yeah, la, dia, dia, dia,
3: de, dia, de, dia de la Soldado. Soldado. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and like. So, the first thing I have to say is, like, I love the way the director uses shadows and light to, like, reflect what's in the characters. Especially, like, the very last scene when, like, spoiler alert, well, not really. Um, So, the kid comes into the restaurant in the mall, and, like, he opens the door, and Benicio's there, and, you know, like, sit down. Enough said. Let's talk about your future. And like they show him, like half of him is in darkness and half of him is in light, and like, you know, like the way the way his his face looks like, you see, like this, like this kid has totally lost any innocence he may have had. Of course, and like he's facing the guy that's going he to be sh- a soldado now. Yeah, <laughs> so you want to be a sicario? A Sicario. Yeah, and like. <laughs> Roland's great, Benicio's great. The action Brolin is great.
2: Brolin is uh, insane in this. Like I, yeah, uh, I love how just like completely switched off he is. Yeah, he have got no emotion left. You just, just kill everybody. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> best great. line in the movie is "fuck it all, fuck wipe, it all, wipe, wipe it clean." clean. <laughs> yeah, <it's> so <laughs> and, like, good.
3: And I, I love the fact that like uh, like at the you know it has a little bit of that like you know even even badasses who are dead inside have a little bit of something like at the you know towards the end when he decides like no I'm not gonna kill this little girl and yeah. and the forget the guy's name but the guy with a weird mustache um, is like what are you doing man
2: oh, and like, oh um, his 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 sidekick Jeff, yeah, Jeffrey exactly. Donovan
3: yeah that's it yeah Um, and yeah and like I love how it does it like does that but in a totally non sappy way like he just picks the kid up and they go
2: I love how in the toilet John uh Jeffrey Donovan's career is that he just came back for this movie and he still has nothing to do in it. Like this guy was he's on he's like in seven seasons of Burn Notice as the oh, star. Yeah, yeah. And he oh. literally has like six lines across two movies with this franchise. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's yeah. barely in it. But I love it. I love the I love his look. I love the mustache. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean He looks totally genuine. Yes. And and uh, I love the uh like the, when they, they actually like the actual use of uh, Black Hawk helicopters when they yeah, stop yeah. the trucks. Black fucking I'm gonna need two of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that scene rules too Him with Shea Whigham. Yes. Oh my god, that scene fucking is. I gotta rewatch this shit immediately. Yeah. <laughs> like
3: I was, I was watching a thing. Um, pretty sure it was another nostalgia critic thing. They were talking about like character actors and like yeah. how like they were talking about like something between like the Star Wars now and like the one like back then. How like. You remember all of the pilots' names from New Hope because they all, like, were all character actors who actually were doing things and, like, they were memorable. But now, like, there's so little of that. And, like, Shea Wiggum is one of those kinds of guys. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know if he'll ever be, like, you know, like, accepted as, like, a real lead but like I don't want him need... to be a lead
2: I, I like him yeah. and I love, love him in his capacity now he plays asshole really well yes and he plays just like he can like he comes in in that he's in one scene in that fucking movie he just destroys I mean he's amazing <laughs>
3: he's great yeah
2: and I mean if you want to see long-form Shea Wiggum I mean, you just watch boardwalk empire and he's yeah. terrific in that so yeah is he
0: a cop in that he's the sheriff yeah he's a cop I see him as a cop like every two weeks <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he's a he, he's a cop for 10 seconds in uh bad times at the el royale oh he's wow, like wow. A, there you go yeah i i really
2: uh the only thing that i i think that i've seen him in where i was just kind of like it wasn't that he didn't do well it was that it was that i was kind of like um I guess he was a little typecast. Was uh, the the Waco miniseries? He played. He right. also played a cop, and he was just kind of like over the top, ridiculous, angry, and mm. irrational. And I, I, I don't know. I couldn't get into it. Him yeah. opposite Michael Shannon. I don't know. You know, yeah. but it's it just it didn't work. But the rest of yeah, everything I've seen him and he's great. Right. And so yeah, um, Soldado was solid. Oh, it's fucking great. Yeah, yeah. Jr. is out of his mind. Don't tell him I said yeah. so. Uh, <laughs> so let's move on then to our deep dive. This is my pick.
0: <coughs> Sorry.
2: That's from
3: 1949 hmm. if you didn't catch it. Yeah. <laughs> uh
2: this is uh Rob Roy from 1995 directed by Michael caton Jones starring Liam Neeson and Jessica lang and Tim Roth and John Hurt and other people. And uh oh uh Brian no not Brian Cox. Yeah, Brian, Brian Cox, Cox. Yeah. Eric yeah, yeah. Oh and Eric Stoltz. and, uh, yeah. and Jason Fleming don't forget Jason yeah, Fleming. Jason Fleming. Fleming is barely in it. Yeah, he's in it for like four seconds. In,
0: in, in classic Fleming style, he has no lines. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: He has one line. Oh, one? Doesn't yeah. he? At That's like the, at their, That's they're that. at like the fire thing, and they're all like arguing something. about what to do, and he says something. Yeah, he's
0: yeah. like, yeah. Rob, you can't let him do it
2: to us. <laughs> you know, something yeah. like that. But uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of him in the background just screaming while they're <laughs> <there>. about <laughs> Yeah. But uh, yeah, so this is the story of Rob Roy McGregor, uh, who is a um, former horse thief who is now hired by people to reclaim their stolen horses, which uh you know, you get right off the bat with there's the scene where he uh, you know, has to rescue these horses from these thieves. And and, he's
1: uh he's a landowner, which right. basically he's not like a a master like you know, like a like a lord he just he has a bunch of inherited land but from it comes his comes the history lesson from Rostin. I'm just kidding. And uh and and he's not necessarily a caretaker, but he kind of overlooks a small village on his land. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So
2: he's like he's, – and he's like nine feet tall. So everybody oh, yeah. looks up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A yeah He's a legend. He, Liam Neeson is perfectly cast for this. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he's, his wife is Jessica Lang and he's just trying to live his life. And uh, he decides to uh, take a gamble and borrow some money from mm. John Hurt, who is uh, some kind of lord – and uh, borrows a thousand pound, Scottish pound, and thousand um, pound. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, Tim Roth is in town, the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the boy bugger, and, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, he is just Girl. he is flamboyant as fuck, isn't he? Oh, he's and, fantastic. Uh, he he uh, concocts a plan with Brian Cox to abscond with the thousand pound and uh, murder some people in frame, the process, uh, Rob and Roy, frame so. Rob Roy for mm-hmm. the stealing. And it succeeds. And uh, it's all about Rob Roy trying to make it right and uh, get revenge on Tim Roth, who also does some other extremely heinous things uh, that further uh, get him on the bad side of Rob Roy McGregor. And yes. uh, let me just ask you that just to start with, uh, it's just got to be a question straight to JR. JR, how many times after you watch this movie have you said to your wife, How fine you are to me? <laughs> <laughs> My wife's sick Go of hearing times. it. My wife is sick of hearing it. I say it to her <laughs> all the time. How fine you are to me, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, what did you guys uh, think of Rob Roy?
0: Rob Roy. So like, uh, Tim Roth got nominated for an Academy Award. Yes, mm.
2: his only nomination.
0: But really? Is he is he doing too much? Well, I
2: read That's that. I read that he came in and after the first week they thought he he thought they were going to fire him because he was being like over the top and he felt it didn't it didn't match his performance didn't match the film and then michael Caden jones told him to go even more extreme with it jesus so i don't i i don't i don't necessarily think he's doing too much i think he could have he could have definitely uh reeled it in a little bit and it would have been fine but i think the dialogue that he has Completely warrants his like. I like that his character is not acting like any other character in the film. Like he's out of his fucking mind, you know. He's right. sociopathic yep. <laughs> and he's like the Joker or something, you know.
1: Yeah, uh, evidently he's come from somewhere in England, like from like he's been to courts and like a lot of them have this just that kind of you know. Even uh, John Hurt was uh, like his uh, the Marquis. Uh, he was yeah. in a way Montrose. like there was this like this really pompous like. Like this They're very attitude, effeminate. yeah, yeah. Mm. but just but it's kind of like that, just renaissance type, or not well, post renaissance, yeah, post like in and it just kind of like uh, in um, uh, let's uh, Amadeus, like the way you know, yeah, Mozart, yeah. Mozart was the way he acted, just kind of just everything was a joke, kind of just acting really you know, but just. You know, in a joking fashion, and I but I yeah. but
2: I like the fact that he's he's completely like he's ridiculous, and his mannerisms are absolutely ridiculous, and yeah. he's so effeminate. And then right off the bat, the first scene you see him, and he like almost kills a guy because he's just a fucking badass with, a, yeah, with the yeah, the weapons, yeah, yeah. And I love the whole that that whole dialogue, that exchange between him and the the guy. Where you know, I wouldn't need a I wouldn't need a cleaver for you, and they 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 have they have it out and. The whole thing about are you a boy bugger and he says I, I, I thought he was a, a girl upon entry. <laughs> yeah. Just some dark shit there, man. Yeah. <laughs> like there's, just, there's a lot of Well, just, like
3: you know, like since we <coughs> just saw the favorite, like there's that scene where John Hurt is talking about. They Queen mentioned Anne, exactly and yeah. Like, Jeez, man, yeah, chill out! Like,
1: yeah, very oh, insulting. It's yeah, it's these people and in this in, like they they so high and mighty and they're above a lot of people, so they just mm-hmm. have this just attitude. They're just assholes, mm-hmm. all of them, you know. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I liked Tim Ross's character. This his attitude and everything just he made him just a really fantastic villain. And yeah, and, he's
2: memorable as a like he's it, he, you get a lot of villains in movies and you don't really remember who the fuck they are or what they want. Yeah, and this yeah. guy is very, like, he's got uh, good motivations for what he does, the whole being in debt thing, you know. And it's just, and, like, his 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 uh, class level won't allow him to, to admit that he's got a problem, so he's got to, you know, uh, fight his way out of it by turning to theft. And it's, like, it's just an interesting motivation. Mm. And obviously yeah. he's not going to, you know, kowtow to... Fucking Liam Neeson, you know, some yeah. guy was, in a fucking kilt. Yeah. He
1: was like, uh, you know, he's an expert in his, you know, his skills with the rapier and fencing. Mm. And I liked how, I think is the uh, Scottish, I think it was the, they call that the Scottish broadsword. That mm-hmm. sword, mm-hmm. both him and the other mm-hmm. uh, Highlanders were using and stuff. And it's shaped almost like a straight saber with that uh, hand guard. It's a heavy weapon. So swinging that around you wear out quickly well then they, the, and they the, show that yeah while at the yeah. while's the rapier it's you have more quick and you know just nimble movements and even without a lot of skill i mean it was like a newer technology of the time like just you know who has the better technology or the lighter you know right. the more sophisticated. it's a it's weapon. a philosophy of it fighting it's yeah, like right. the
2: different philosophies of fighting versus each other yeah yeah
1: Oh, I like that. Just, I like that
2: too. I like that shit a lot.
1: Yeah. Oh, there is one scene. I guess I got to tell you all that. You know, there's just lots of great dialogue in it, but there's one part that just made me just laugh out loud. It was a scene cut where um, uh, Rob Roy's uh, wife goes. Rob Roy, I say I say it real fast. Rob Roy's wife or McGregor's wife Yeah. <laughs> Goes to see uh, the Duke Argyle, who's the Scottish Duke, who uh, he's in a slightly higher. He's the other. Yeah, he's like
2: higher than the mar- Montrose. Marque-
1: Marquise or Montrose mar- Marquis. Marque- the Marquis Montrose. Yeah, I'm screwing up the names.
2: It's like mar- It's supposed to be Marquis, right? It's like French. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, but Marquise
3: but, because yeah. but they call him mar- Marquess. <laughs> Marquess of Montrose. Yeah. yeah,
1: she goes to. Uh, Duke Argyle to kind of plead her case to try to save her husband because, you know, she doesn't, he's been captured or whatever by, uh, uh, was it, what's, what was the name of Tim Roth's character? Oh, fuck. Archibald. Archibald Cunningham. Archibald Cunningham. Cunningham. He captures, well, at one point, uh, Tim Roth, uh, Archibald Cunningham captures, uh, Rob Roy. And he's, he he basically, uh, the, um, The Marquess requested that he be captured, broken but not killed. And Mm. so uh, Cunningham, you know, beats him, (laughs) drags him by a horse. He breaks And you see, she's just torn up. But what's funny to me, what made me laugh, is just this really perfect, and this I know was intentional, perfect cut, where she's sitting there talking to the Duke of Argyle, uh, and she's pleading her case. And then he responds, well, your husband is indeed A man of fortune, or I forget how he words it, but like he's he has, you know, he's blessed with fortune like and, and he says oh, it yeah. that way and then <laughs> yeah, it jumps yeah. to him like all bloody and being his drugged behind a broken. horse yeah. <laughs> it was a, it really just it just really killed me and i started laughing
2: from that yeah i really dig all that shit too like when he um yeah when he has they have the little conversation when he's tied to the tree and he tries to bite him oh that was great oh yeah like, yeah he guys, liam neeson takes.
1: fantastic actor he just he was you can see he's livid his yeah. face after he's just like like he was like almost like he was like near to crying. He's so angry because he can't yeah. get to this guy. You would be too. Yeah. It just, it was, yeah. Well,
2: yeah. JR, you're, you're being silent, my friend, and I'm not going to have any more of it. What did you think of
0: Rob? <laughs> Roy? So I, I like the, uh, the scene you're talking about. It leads right into my favorite scene of the movie, Yeah. which was uh, when Cunningham delivers Rob Roy to the Marquez. Oh yeah. You know, uh, broken, not dead. And then Liam Neeson escapes by jumping off a bridge and, like, basically tying a rope around Cunningham's neck. So choking him, dangling from a bridge, unless they cut the rope uh, to which they're both attached. And then Liam Neeson, Rob Roy, escapes into... uh, a dead cow's guts. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And I, I fucking loved it. Yeah, that was my. That was a great. That scene. Was my. I'm uh, always he's like a very the guts scene. out of that cow, I was like, I was about to barf. Yeah, <laughs> they look real bad. Too. Yeah,
2: they're like, and they're like all like full of like, gas and shit, like they're floating on the uh, surface of the yeah. water, <laughs> all,
3: like gray and yeah. like, ugh, it's heinous. And then like they're coming
2: like, oh, 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 what a stench! Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful scene. And That's the, like the scene that me and my dad always talked about. I think before I even saw the movie he told me about that scene.
1: It's like, Yeah, he hides in a dead cow. It's amazing. <laughs> right. you, yeah, and you can see it on his face when it shows him inside. He's just like yeah. he's like near tears. And he's a des- so he's a desperate there. man, yeah. you know? yeah, He's yeah. gotta do
2: what he's gotta do. Yeah. Uh really, really amazing scene. I agreed. Uh yeah. yeah. what now now we we've been dancing around it, but Tim Roth is a, uh, just to put it kindly as the film does, a defiler of women Mm. in this movie. Yeah. Uh, And when he goes to visit Rob Roy's property, he takes advantage of his wife in a very intense and, like, disturbing scene, I would say. I mean, it's like... Yeah,
3: like, he doesn't, like, take advantage. Like, he's, like, just... Plain old fucking rapes her. Yeah, he rapes her, and, and he's and he's
2: very, he's taking a lot of pleasure in it. Like he's giggling yeah, and shit the whole time, yeah. which is really fucked yeah. up.
3: And that was like, like I really love Brian Cox in this movie, and that's one of his greatest bits because, like, the entire time, like he's really like sarcastic and snide and like, you know, kind of mm-hmm. above it all. But even he's like, whoa, this is a yeah. little much a little now. Too far. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, and he kind of tries to play it off like you know. Well, you've lived up to your reputation, uh, but uh McGregor gets a hold of you, you know what'll happen. You know, right. still being, you know, still trying to have a little He's a piece little, of shit. Yeah. He's, yeah. He also He's quietly tells
2: oh,
0: Sorry, no no no. Go ahead. Yeah. He also quietly tells Lang, uh it's not a sin if you didn't enjoy it. <sighs> Which was real real fucked up. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That that the idea that it would be a sin somehow for her. <laughs> To right have been raped but, yeah, uh, yeah just uh yeah absolutely uh it's
1: like he was it's like it's almost like he was trying to uh like soften the blow but just like like in his way but yeah. his way he's just too, he's so fuck. much of an asshole he, yeah, he, just, he couldn't
2: like, <laughs> what do you guys think and that leads right into the the young the young guy who's like partners who's in who's in rob roy's gang who's like Overzealous and the I only th- guy who knows about the rape.
3: Him. I thought he was pretty bad. I gotta be honest. Really? I, I didn't. I thought he was just way too. I will like, say that
2: when he rushes in obnoxious. after when they're when they're. Uh, Sailing away after the rape and they burn the cottages and everything. Right. And he runs in and he's like, he's like, come on, come on. And he's like slamming his sword. to the water. I was like, this is, this could almost be comedic. Like I could laugh at this if I wanted to. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, you know, it makes total sense. It's like, I can see him being upset about this, that he missed out on this. Cause he's such a fucking idiot. Like he sleeps <laughs> yeah, during yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Like, he feels
1: disgraced cause he wasn't there. To exactly. He could have, he could have done something. She comes into the water. To clean herself, yeah, yeah. and he, and he realizes, realizes what just happened. happened. Yeah, right. And he just and you could he starts crying himself. He's just like he doesn't, he, you know. He feels like he should be dead. You know, I I could sense that, you know, feeling from it's him. It's also
2: awesome. Like I I don't like I don't even understand it. But when like he, uh, whenever they're sailing towards the shore, he shoots the dog. Tim Ross shoots the dog from right. the from the boat and then when they're sailing away he shoots at the guy but he misses. Yeah, yeah. It's such a weird I don't know, it just seems like such a weird thing to add. Like let's just have him shoot and then miss. Yeah.
3: No,
1: I mean, I, see I understood the Eric Stoltz thing because honestly it, a lot of times it was hard to be accurate with those types of weapons, flintlocks and even mm-hmm. wheel locks, you know. No, mm-hmm. Nothing was rifled. Even at close range like duels consisted where people typically weren't ever killed they were just either winged or weren't hit at all and they just whoever you know after the pistols were shot they either shook hands or like whoever was you know nicked or whatever just you know all right looks like you (laughs) win the argument yeah you know right so i
2: mean i could see i just mean that it's like i don't mean that it's weird that he missed i just mean that it's weird that you would include this like I don't understand I don't necessarily yeah. understand it seems superfluous to even have that shot in the movie if yeah. he misses like why mm-hmm. Why even have him shooting at him you know what I mean but I mean it's fun I don't mind it because I oh, like yeah. the I yeah, like yeah, that yeah. he shoots and I like to see the bullet go in the water and shit like that mm-hmm. it's cool but yeah, <laughs> I also think I mean the kid's just a fucking moron like he later yeah, on yeah. later on he, he's the oh, reason yeah, he he's the reason. kills himself he shoots the, he shoots at yeah. the soldiers after Rob Roy tells him not to
1: and he gets Rob captured <laughs> Yeah, this
3: is also a great
2: scene—the the mists when they ride yeah, into the yeah. mists, and there's like those big boulders everywhere. Right, so fucking cool. That's really cool, Rob. Yes. Yeah.
3: <laughs> what do we think of Jessica Lang and her accent?
2: Okay, see now, I don't, I don't, I can't think of much that I've seen her in that I that yeah. at all. But I like her in this. I think she's good in it. Uh, I haven't noticed any real problem with her accent. Did you notice a thing with her accent?
3: It was a little inconsistent. At was times. it okay? Yeah, like especially in like the more emotional scenes, like you know it's it seemed like it wasn't really holding together that well yeah but uh i mean the rest the rest of it seemed fine
2: i thought her performance was pretty solid i mean sure her emotional stuff was really good right and uh jesus jr (laughs) (laughs) sorry i'm I'm sitting in a really horrible chair
3: sitting on an angry chair right
2: (laughs) uh I think I you know I normally like I would uh have a problem with all the like there's like multiple love scenes between her and Rob, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but i but I kind of like them because they set up how much in love they are, right. and uh it makes it that That's much more powerful. why they wear which so she gets it's defiled. easy you don't have to drop whenever <laughs> it,
1: it, mood strikes you just you just he just lifts it up yeah. and exactly sticks yeah, it in, yeah. yeah, fucking a, yeah, I love it like
0: those uh, uh the first twenty minutes of the movie are like very very idyllic. Even though he sh- shoots a guy or kills a guy for stealing a horse, but it's like oh, it's all beautiful countryside and his you know decent life and you know like he goes skinny dipping to wash himself. He has some quick morning sex with Jessica Lang. It's great.
2: Fucking a, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. I love his leather jacket. Yeah, it's so badass. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, how much do you want that leather jacket? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is killer. Yeah, he, he doesn't stab anyone in the back, even the guy at the beginning. unless the the the, you know, the the heavy set kind of bearded guy, he fought him. I'm pretty sure he spun him around, but then stabbed him in the chest. And, and the guy at the beginning that he killed, same thing. He spun him around, but he pulled the knife around to stab him in the chest. But yeah, they it's talk like about because I mean, he has, you know, he has the honor system. Yeah, right, one of the right. themes of the film is the to honor, a fucking honor, fault. Actually. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah, exactly.
2: But, um, I mean, let, let me just say, I mean, I don't know how you guys, how does ever I know how Rustin feels about this, but how does everybody else feel about Braveheart and the fact that Braveheart is the, is the remembered film. I mean, nobody talks about Rob Roy. Everybody talks about Braveheart. It won all the Oscars and it's, you know, it's uh, set in the same country. It's, you know, it's like 500 years earlier or whatever. But, uh, I mean, what do you guys think? Is this, is it, is it warranted or do you guys like this more or what? I need to
3: watch Braveheart again to actually make make an assessment on it because it's been forever since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can understand from like the point of like, like William Wallace, you know, like going into like war and leading a rebellion and then you know getting eventually captured and killed. This one, it's very much on a smaller scale. Oh, where it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, like oh, like he just he owed a thousand pounds and. You know, then runs away for a little while, and then gets caught, and then fights a duel, and
2: also judging on what I've read online, completely made up. Like none of this shit ever actually yeah, happened. Yeah. Like Rob Roy's a real person, but none of this shit happened.
3: Yeah, Rob Roy, like. Up- According to the Wikipedia page, right. he waged a blood feud against Montrose, but they don't go into yeah, any don't about, detail. Yeah, they don't talk about the loan or any of yeah, that like, shit. Or... There's, like, long paragraphs about how, like, he wasn't wounded at this one battle, even though they <laughs> say he was. It's like, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> and and, Cunning- like, and I Cunningham's know about, not real. Cunningham's not real. I want to know about this fucking blood feud. Right. But then, like, turns out, you know, like... He got captured, and like he spent five years in jail, and then you know he went
0: out went about his life
2: he just got drunk and fucked Jessica. Well, and the Wikipedia someone. said so. that
0: he's a Wikipedia said that he's a Jacobin, and his father was a Jacobin Jacobite, which jack whatever <laughs> Jacobite <laughs> sorry yeah. and uh that only like that's kind of just like in the background of this movie, right uh, hurt does say that his clan is full of of Jacobites at one point and that that is one of the things that, like, Lang uses
3: to turn uh, Argyle against Montrose. Like, you know, I heard him say that, you know, they did this to prove, it, he to wants, prove that you He wants Jack Rob right. Roy
2: to lie about him. Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, that's... <coughs> and Rob Roy I, refuses,
2: which is why Argyle's on his side.
3: I had. I had forgotten about that, honestly. Yeah. Which <laughs> so, is like and the
2: Jacobites apparently are on the side of the deposed king or something. Yeah, if exactly. the king comes back, they'll yeah, back up. Yeah, they're the,
0: the Catholics. Right. Basically. Which, they want the Catholic is, king back in power. Which is kind of
3: strange. Like I thought James would have been dead by this point. But like, you know, they hold grudges, so
2: Who fucking knows? But the point is, uh yeah, I don't I just think uh I mean JR, what do you think about it versus Rob Roy versus Braveheart?
0: I I don't remember Braveheart very well, and my memories of Braveheart are like a, just kind of this bombastic blockbuster. Yeah, and that's probably not accurate. Uh, yeah, I don't think it uh, is. So so I, I need to give that another watch whenever I have eight hours or so. To <laughs> <laughs> that, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I've been meaning
2: to watch. I've been meaning to rewatch it, even though I ha- I've watched it fairly recently. But I've been meaning to rewatch it and then watch the Outlaw King right after. Which is the um, oh yeah David Michaud film on Netflix that's about Robert the Bruce?
1: Right, yeah, should so. be interesting. That's one thing. That's one scene that I, that I like it, it still like uh, gives me chills on you know just like like aw- the awesome chills I yeah. is at the end of the Braveheart whenever uh, Robert the Bruce turns around to the guy to, to, you know to the nobles and the soldiers, you blood Ruth Wallace. Now bleed with me. Yeah,
2: it's amazing. I love that. Yeah. And the guy throws his broadsword into the... Yeah. Uh, it's it fucking ends. incredible. It, it
1: See, <laughs> that's one thing. Well, I will say that um, I need to rewatch Braveheart 2 to be accurate, but I I, I lean toward more towards that one, you know, like liking it better. But it yeah. has a better... In, this one is it, both have good endings, but that one has more more epic.
2: It's an emotional, emotional too. Right? I mean, yeah, whether yeah. it's manipulative or not, it's definitely emotional and it works. You yeah. know, fuck Jonathan's deep dive. Next week we're watching Braveheart. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, that was just my. Th- I mean, my thoughts on on are like I think Braveheart uh, m- might be the better film, but only because it's so epic. Like it's yeah, such a right. larger scale and it's like obviously got a massive budget and. Mm. I think that uh, I mean I don't know how anybody feels about this but I think Mel Gibson's performance is quite good in Braveheart mm-hmm. like he's got a lot of nuance in his performance which is rare I'd say for that kind of a big huge you know action blockbuster kind of thing. I remember the very first time I saw like
3: parts of Braveheart was in my history class my senior year of high school and like I like how Rustin feels about Rachel Weiss, like. That was how I felt about Catherine McCormick. Oh, okay. Because, like, now, is that, I, like, now, I is just thought the, she was, like, the most, like, she was the one. That's the wife, or the is wife that the who, princess? Like, the wife who gets killed. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah like, She's I, th- I thought she was just the most amazing creature that had ever walked the She's earth.
1: She's really beautiful. She, she, yeah. She has like, a, like, just, like, a real natural beauty. beauty. Etherial, yeah. Ethereal. Yeah, especially, <laughs> like, in
3: that movie, like. I've seen her in other stuff, and it's like,
2: eh, well, the, the she, uh, it's kind of faded there. I but. watched that movie. I was went to the theater with my mom to watch the movie, so I had to sit next to my mom while that scene happened where she gets topless and everything. Yeah, and I was like, this, this blows. I, was, I mean, I was I was like nine, but I remember being excited even then about it. I was like, this is right. fucking great. I yeah. want to see this. And now, my mom sitting there yeah, killing that. my boner. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>
3: John, I know you're a big fan of the Braveheart score.
2: <laughs> yes, James Horner's Braveheart score is in my top five scores of all time. For real, like that's no no hyperbole there.
3: I gotta say, I didn't enjoy. I Carter hate. Bur-
2: I hate the score for it's, Rob Roy, and it's I was so gonna get bad. into that. Carter like, Burwell is a joke of a fucking composer. Like he is the worst. Yeah, like what? You, are you? Se- what name something good that he's done besides Fargo? Go, I'll no wait. No
0: country for old men.
2: He, there's no score in No Country for Old Men, Jr. There's like one fucking note during one scene.
3: It's a yeah. good note. <laughs> <laughs> and like I can't, I can't remember any of the cues that he did in Big Lebowski. Um,
2: Big Lebowski is all about fucking Viva <laughs> Las Vegas. Man. Yeah, Isn't I know, I yeah. know. But, uh, and, but tumble yeah. and tumble and tumbleweed. Yeah. Look, I
0: I also don't like this score, but
3: yeah, it's not I, good. It, like it was way too much. Like there's that you know. Da, 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 from Lord of the Rings, like whenever they're in the Shire, it was like that, only ten times worse. Yeah,
2: it was way too like it, optimistic and happy. Yeah, part. I, don't I, even um, <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't remember the music.
1: Yeah, only thing I remember is that point. that one, uh, the woman who's uh, singing. That, that was actually part. pretty yeah. good. I was thinking, is this Inya? Like, no, it's not. It kind of looked it like should it. Have been. I looked it up, and it oh, worked. the
2: scene when she sings at the—I actually didn't like that either. I thought that yeah, I was, okay. I, I, it embarrassed mm-hmm. me watching it. I was like, I'm, "This is embarrassing." This woman is like <laughs> random, sound, but just how they're all like sitting and taking it so seriously.
3: <laughs> that that definitely, and like it, you know, the fact that it's in like she's like she's singing in Gaelic, it sounds kind of weird, and mm-hmm. like she's not like, <laughs> selling it like Inya would. Right. But, I needed but, uh, Inya
2: in that scene bad. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm just gonna go re-watch re- re- uh, when... Dragon Tattoo.
0: Sorry. No, go ahead. The score is great when it goes away for the uh, <laughs> final duel. Yes. Oh yeah, that's amazing. The yeah. the duel is silent and it's awesome. Or oh, not silent? Yeah. No music.
2: How right, how? Right. Yeah, you know, I just thought about that. You're absolutely right that it's silent and that is or no music and uh, it's so you know uh, George Lucas. Gets all this praise for Phantom Menace because he loses the score during the final lightsaber battle, and even it's though, like du- even though Duel
3: of the Fates is the going on through most of it, no,
2: not through most of it, only through the end part after uh, uh or whenever Qui Gon is killed or whatever. It doesn't go on through most of it. It only goes on when they cut away to other scenes. Whenever, like whenever, like after Qui right right, 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 After right. Qui Gon gets killed. If you recall it's just like it's literally like him waiting for the that force field thing to open right, so they can right, fight again yeah. and it's just like dead silent like them just and uh Darth Maul is pacing. Right. So it's actually an amazing scene. But it's like yeah, he gets yeah. all that credit for that like losing the score there and there's 4 years earlier Michael Caton Jones losing the bullshit score during the amazing sword fight. Well, like mm-hmm.
3: even be- even before that like uh Hitchcock cuts the uh soundtrack out of uh The Man Who Knew Too Much like this dude's like hanging on to the top of the Statue of Liberty and like there's no like big suspenseful Bernard Herman score. It's just
2: I'd like to give the
0: credit to Michael Caden Jones.
2: Actually, okay. let's just <laughs>
0: I definitely don't think we should give Lucas credit for anything besides making money. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, and that that
2: leads me to Mike. What might be my final point, which is uh, Michael Caden Jones as a director. I don't know uh, if you guys have seen other things he's done but uh i feel like he like the direction in the movie is quite good right and uh i like he also directed a movie called this boy's life with uh robert de niro and leonardo dicaprio mm. and uh which i liked quite a bit i haven't seen it in a long time but have you guys seen any other michael caton jones movies
3: I have not, but I was reading on his uh, Wikipedia page his run-in with Harvey Weinstein.
2: See, I didn't see that.
3: That was, like, he wanted to cast uh, Sophie Okonedo in some movie, and apparently Weinstein said...
2: Weinstein jerked off in front of him?
3: No. Um, <laughs> he might have. I don't know. Um, but apparently he said that she's not fuckable.
2: Oh, Jesus. And, wow.
3: and then Because like,
0: she probably said no. Yeah, she's yeah, exactly. Probably.
3: And and I, I wanna <laughs> literally unfuggable. And I want to say Asia Argento went into the role that Sophie was supposed to play. A Bourdain a, killer. Yeah. And and also like has some weird relationship with a teenager. Yeah,
2: she's so, a she's a nut job. Uh
3: yeah. But um but yeah, like <laughs> Yeah, so that was like <coughs> like so kate and jones like walked away because of that and you know that's just another another brick in the wall I guess well you could say.
2: i'd say i'd say he had a pretty good string of uh of stuff in the 90s here he did he did this boy's life which mm-hmm. i i really enjoyed jr have you seen this boy's life i have not okay so that's coming up in a deep dive um <laughs> and then he did rob roy and then he did the jackal which i, I don't know you guys have seen the jackal oh, yeah I- I've seen I've ago. seen it,
3: but it's been forever.
2: Jar, you seen the jackal? I did not see that one.
3: I, I, remember, I know what that is though. I remember Sydney Po like oh, yeah, is in it? Yeah. it like
2: He's Witherspoon,
3: good. you buy the book, asshole.
2: <laughs> He's good. Yeah. Everybody it's a it's a good movie. It's it doesn't get a lot of uh play anymore. Nobody talks about it. Like, right, it yeah. too. I feel like that's the story of Michael Caton Jones is that he makes these movies that are like decent, solid movies and nobody talks about them ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He did uh, Doc Hollywood also with um, mm. Michael J. Fox, which is okay. Right. But um, anyway, uh, so yeah, that's uh, all I have for Rob Roy. You guys, could I, yeah, could I make know, one more point? Please do or
0: ask a question, you guys. Sure. Um, I didn't really get into this yet. Uh, I, I like this movie, okay, but how do you how do you root for Rob Roy? Like with all of his honor shit, it's like. Is it just because Montrose is a dick and Cunningham is the fucking devil that we like Rob Roy? Because he basically lets he he puts his family in danger and lets all of his clan people die just because he he won't say that some guy who doesn't mean anything to him is a jacobite. It, I don't
2: I mean I don't I don't know that that's fair. Uh I I feel like it's more like I mean yeah, obviously You like Rob Roy because it's Liam Neeson and the other people who are the villains are like super villains, right? Right. And they're dicks. But at the same time, like, I don't know that I see it that way. I see it like he's – I think they they spend some time in the beginning of the film building him him up as a a mythic figure among the clans and also uh, the protector of the clans and that there's, like, a whole history with them and that he's been – uh, doing well for them, and he's trying to do even better for them by buying those cattle and reselling them.
0: Right, but then he doesn't protect them.
2: I mean, he—I he, mean, he tries. What? What's he going to do? He's like—it's he, him and like twelve guys against the army. I mean, what you know? What? What should he have done, John?
0: Probably out that other guy as a Jacobite.
2: Yeah, but that would have been dishonorable.
0: <laughs> yes. I mean, and I think it's just a code of ethics that he has symbolizes yeah. the honor of the Scottish people.
2: Yeah, I mean I think it's just a co- like he's just got a code that he lives by and he can't do anything about it. I mean, yeah, there's a rigidity to him, but Yeah. I, I don't know. I find it uh I was going to say charming. It's not charming. It's um yeah. I, I I it's I admirable maybe.
3: I don't think it really plays in his favor um but I I can still kind of see where he's coming from.
2: I mean, what was it, too? I'm sorry. Like he was going to like if he if he agreed to lie It wasn't even a good deal. It was like if you agree to lie, I'll lend you more money to make it right. And it's like that what kind of a fucking deal is that? Like if I if I lie and break my honor code, then you forgive the debt.
0: Right, yeah. Like, you know But with more money I mean Neeson was good for the money if it hadn't been stolen from him. Sure. So I yeah yeah but those no I
2: agree that with that but then he's he's just gonna break even like he's gonna get more money in order to pay him back everything he owes him, which is double the money and he's got nothing left over to make the lives of his yeah. clans people better I don't know You're maybe right.
3: maybe it's maybe it's just a thing with the script and like the way they put the story together that like he seems to be riding so high on his honor but I don't know maybe like'cause you know pretty like aside from like his actual, like, quote-unquote blood feud with Montrose. Like, Cunningham is made up. Killarren might be made up. Um, Like, he did actually lose the 1,000 pounds, but I don't remember them saying how he actually lost it if if the dude just left with his 1,000 pounds. And, you know, there's the whole thing of, like, he was supposed to wait for a note, but then, like, you know, he actually walks away with, you know, like, what? Coins, coins. Scottish guineas. Yeah, like what are you talking about? What? You, yeah, like uh, I forget what Brian Cox said. Like, there's people in this village don't carry a lot of big coins, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, something, something to that effect. Um, but yeah, I like I don't know. Like I can see the honor thing, but it may I. It's probably not very well fleshed out as like a motivation. Or, like, you don't really even see, like, like the real, like, repercussions of, like, you know, what would happen if he, like, let go of his honor. Like, if there had been, like, more, like, you know, looting and pillaging of the countryside because Rob wasn't there, you know, like,
0: that probably could have been set up better. Yeah, that's And fair. I think this was kind of going through my head because I... I got really tired of Liam Neeson just saying, I'm a man of my word and like Mm. all this honor stuff. You have my word. I just, (sighs) that got tiring and that's not Neeson's fault. Right. It's just like a, a, it was a nail that was just hit over and over and over again in the script. Yeah. Fair enough. Which is really my, that's like my big complaint from the film. Right. Besides the score.
3: Score is the worst part about the film. (laughs)
1: <laughs> all right. Well, uh, star ratings. You'll start with me. Well, I'm gonna go with a, a solid four with this because I, I wasn't. I've never seen it all the way through. I like. I have seen like one or two scenes, including the uh, scene where Cunningham. Uh, rapes his wife just because it was a weird scene that you've seen just that scene. It's (laughs) because when I was it's one of the more memorable scenes when I was YouTubing rape scenes when did (laughs) it come out? I was no no when did it come out? It was 95 it was on TV and I think I was probably 12 so it was like maybe like 96 or 7 it was on TBS or something and my mom was watching it and that scene was on and then later on I came back into the room and it was like um, I think the duel it was like pretty much over that's oh, that's right. as much as i had watched of it I mean, And then but it was surprisingly entertaining it's long which you know that kind of for me it typically hurts it unless it's there's, I mean, there's parts of it that are kind of slow and though most of it all you know it, it's cut together real good so i mean every scene you know has a purpose and but still length is an issue with me sometimes with yeah. the movies yeah unless it's just like you know, senseless action where it's just constantly and it's you know classic McTiernan madness, which is good. But um, it's a solid four. For me. So a four, okay. Uh, and I, mm-hmm. I
0: was, was going to add on to Rustin's point. Okay. I thought uh, there was like a twenty minutes of drag after he escaped that cow before the duel, and I was like, this is the wrong part of the movie to have like a a lot of quiet, reflective stuff. Oh, yeah. We need to amp up the action.
2: So what's your rating?
0: Three and a half. I go three and a half.
2: Okay, Mm. that's that's, that's not bad.
0: Solid, solid movie. I'm I'm agreeing
3: with Jr. Three and a half.
2: And uh, I am agreeing with Rustin. It's a four. So I we win because it's my pick. So my mine counts as double. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Did did we
3: get a rating from uh, Jonathan? He didn't watch
2: the shit. (laughs) He doesn't even know what the deep dive is for this week. He's been in Florida for like oh, right, a year. right, right, um, So Jonathan, uh, it's his pick next, next week. <coughs> and he will be here, so he claims. And he has chosen for us to watch uh, Nicholas Winding Refn's Valhalla Rising, oh, which he yeah. hasn't seen in a long time. And uh, I haven't seen it in a very long time. I'm very excited to re to rewatch it, check it back out, and see if it holds up or if it's like a student film. <laughs> uh I think it's the first Reffin film I ever saw. Uh, first
3: Reffin film on the podcast.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you seen this?
3: I meant to, like, I put the DVD on hold forever ago, and like a week later, it still hadn't been trapped. Mm-hmm. So
2: fuck it, right? You just gave up. Yeah, yeah
3: quitter.
0: <laughs> they, uh, but <laughs> they they I will put put find Mubi other means. They put what? Valhalla Rising is on Mubi as of yesterday. Oh fuck.
2: Wish I had movie still.
0: Yeah. Movie is tight. You gotta get movie. <laughs>
2: I used to, I had a Blu-ray of it that I bought online, but it turned out it was Region B, so I couldn't watch it.
0: You should have got a, a, a Region B Blu-ray player. They're only like four hundred bucks.
2: No, they got they're not that bad. I've looked up uh, Region Free, so you can watch anything on it, and uh, you know, one hundred fifty dollars bucks, bucks like that. But that's not, 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 neither here nor there. We're gonna watch Valhalla Rising uh, for next week plus a lot of other stuff so stay tuned write to us at filmiacpodcast at gmail.com visit our website at co. check out our blog where we have lots of trailers and other fun shit and uh, thanks so much for listening we really appreciate it and until next time oh thanks Rustin for being here thank you, for me. Thank you JR for skyping in
0: yeah, thanks.
2: Are you you're good next week also?
0: Rented, I, yeah. I think so.
2: Okay, you're committed, you're locked <laughs> in. Uh so that's our show. Join us next time for more film yak.
0: Bye-bye. You was wildin', every day was trash. Crackers piling in to rake the lag. Early morning, wash my swollen hands. Hit the showers, cleans my soul and crash.